All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Group Up Podcast. We are here for the Great March Debate. I know the month has just started, but the naming conventions imply that I must, when the Avengers assemble, name it after the month that we're doing our call. First of March, we're back, and the goaded or OG squad has returned. So let me introduce my homies that need no introduction. In the bottom right, munching on his pistachios, is my man Samido. Samido, what's up? You know it's going to be a good one when I come locked and loaded. I'm telling you guys, if you have not had pistachios, like a bag of them and eaten the whole bag, you, you've done, you're missing out. Okay, I'm telling you, it's, it's pistachio day. It's pistachio day. So I'm doing well, SVB. Thanks for having me. You haven't lived life. You haven't been binging on the pistachios. Yeah, it's like Sam always comes with, like the snack will decide the flavor of Samito. Sometimes he's got the, bur the bourbon like ready and he's just like, then he's uh, <laughs> maybe spicier. Yeah, but the... yeah, redder in the face. Redder in the face. The pistachios maybe will be mellow. We'll see how it goes. In the bottom left is my man Flats. Flats, what's up? Hello. I am here. You're Awake. Here. Yep. I like I like the, the new apartment setup has the more streamery setup. Like you have all the cute things in your background. I like that. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, I have an, I have a this is a two bedroom, so now I have a little stream room. It's nice. That's sweet. That's awesome. And with his posters in the back, always reminding me of games that I nostalgize over earlier we're watching starcraft it's my man frito frito what's up starcraft also added a top rank above all the other ranks in order to inject some life into their rank system only petri Pe pepperidge pepperidge farm remembers but uh i'll be bringing the the optimism i think of the call i have fallen in love with the game again with this new patch partially because tank is about defending your team again so i think i can be somewhat good at that because i can't aim and so much so that I started streaming this week every single day. And uh, up, ups and downs, a lot of trials and tribulations. Some of them were playing with SVB, of course. But I'm excited to learn the game and get better at it because I, I like this version of the game with a few outliers that I think are absolutely insane that need to be balanced immediately. And I'll be a much happier, happier man. But um, excited to grind the game, man. I, I think it's on the right trajectory, but they need to pick up the pace. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm Frito and I have been doing a lot, sometimes trioing with Nateson, and it's been a lot of fun generally stacking, and we'll get into talking about like how that has been as an experience for you guys. I think you guys have been stacking a little bit too. Sam actually joined us for a game, and that was fun. Um, but of course, it comes with its challenges, and, and the season has come with its challenges. So let's discuss it then. Let's discuss your raw thoughts, because I haven't spoken to you guys since Season 9 launched. Uh, I was there in Irvine with talking to the guys. We're having the live podcast for how we felt, and everyone was generally very happy and optimistic. Is that still the sentiment? Are we still happy? Are we still enjoying this kind of new big reshake up Overwatch with the bigger health pools, the bigger hitboxes? I'll take it to Flats first. Flats, how are you finding Season 9, my friend? Um, I think as long as you're not a tank player, you're having a great time. Uh, if you're a tank player, you're probably suffering quite a bit. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not fun, though, uh, because there's new stuff to play for, which is great. That being said, though, we're still in the honeymoon phase. I think it's, I think before even the patch came out, we were on here. I was like, it's going to be about like three months before anyone starts really seeing problems. Um, because like, it's going to be the same thing with the start of Overwatch 2, right? The start of Overwatch 2, everyone's like, oh my God, this is awesome for like three months. And then it was like, you start to see the flaws, right? So it's still a little bit early uh, for that. Uh, but other than that, though, it's been nice to have something to play for again. I've been playing a ton, um, but... Uh, yeah, tank definitely does not feel like very impactful anymore. Uh, I would argue it depends. Like, okay, obviously there's like a 
like a little flow chart that has to be made like is there if, if your tank is significantly better than their tank you're probably like you know there's going to be some impact but if like you're anywhere near the same skill level it's like it, dps patch all the way dps patch he's dubbed it the dps patch samito do you agree is it the dps patch oh yeah definitely um so let's let's talk a little bit about I guess the DPS passive, which has just been the the real the real shakeup here. I I would say the projectile sizes those got tuned down pretty quick, and they're going to continue to get tuned down. I think the bigger change was that DPS passive. Um, yeah, it's the DPS patch. This is the first time DPS has been mo for most of the time the most impactful role in the game overall in a really long time since Overwatch Two beta, probably. And then before that, I would say maybe like October twenty twenty or or Echo, a couple, there were a couple DPS heroes that were good, but like, I would say as a collective, the role in general is incredibly powerful right now. Um, unfortunately, there's definitely a lot of big losers in terms of the balance patch, Reinhardt being one of them, uh, you know, a couple other supports, my girl Ana is actually, let me just, don't pick Ana, she's literally unplayable, she is, like, you could play perfectly Ana, like, I played a game and stacked with, like, a couple of my IRL buddies who came back to try out the patch, and I played Ana on offense, zero deaths, was up the whole time, right? Could not win because, like, you just literally can't do enough. She has the same problem right now that Lifeweaver had when he came out and that, like, her stats don't justify the pick. Like, you just, you can't do anything, which is why SBB, that Moira game we had where you put up, like, LeBron stats on Moira, um, she, she's actually, we're, we're at a state of the game where Moira is better than Ana, which is really funny. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, the art of this patch is good. I always talk about the science on here, SVB. I feel like that's where I can contribute is the science of the game. But this is definitely more of an art where it's like, hey, let's get crazy. Let's get wacky. And that's that might be Overwatch's niche, right? Where it's like, hey, let's get wacky. Let's do cool stuff. Let's do, okay, is that Cowboy Bebop thing coming? Is that what was teased? Like, I don't even, <laughs> like, where, come on. Like, I want the, I want the next, listen, if they go from One Punch Man to Cowboy Bebop, that's a, that's a bop right there. That's a bop. I'm about it. I'm about it. Pun intended. Oh my goodness. I'm on a roll. You, um, you the pistachios got you off the sauce. Dude. I know, I know, I know, dude. I know. Uh, but no, I've I've enjoyed it. <laughs> it's nice. There's one big takeaway that we can all take away from this. The game is miserable when supports can outdo and outheal everything. Th this patch has brought back like the ability to secure kills, and that just really highlights what makes Overwatch a fun game. So don't overtune the supports. If supports are the best role in the game, the game almost always will be miserable, and the worst metas in the game will always cause from supports being overtuned. So having even if they have to make DPS way better in a game that's not remotely balanced right now, which is the ideal situation, it's kind of PEMDOS, right? Have the core flow of the game be fun, and then balance the game on top of that, right? I, the balance is the icing on the cake, but the core game right now in terms of how it flows and when you go look for kills and how things can die, way more fun. Stacking, also great. There was one day where I played the same stack eight games in a row and lost all eight, expected to lose, and I lost my mind. And I'm okay with that. I'll take that any day of the week over not having being able to stack at all. I just shouldn't play that stack eight games in a row and be expected to lose all eight games. In the final game, I finally got three Overwatch League players on my team against that stack, and we still lost the game. So <laughs> I think the system, the system definitely needs some tweaks. Um, I would, I might have hit champ too. By the way, I, I, I ah. Oh, so much. That was frustrating. So but you so know, much. that's spirit though. That's what it's about. You know, like I'd, I'd rather have people be invested in what they're doing and have put heart and soul, whether it be positive or negative emotion, because that means people care. And I think Flat said that on a couple of the previous shows. So I, I think overall, this was definitely a better patch than what had been out there previously um, because the sustain was just from season six on was just miserable. 
I mean, a lot of great points made by Sam there and a lot to touch on. I'm just going to flag them up for my own mental uh, note as well and things to touch on later. Like the Anna, I think, point I want to I bring up at some point, like Anna's state, because she is, by statistics, the most popular singular hero in Overwatch, so that's something to flag up. The general idea of supports um, and what Sam feels is like they should never be that strong. They should never be uh, dominating the game, overwhelming yeah. the game. Uh, tank, tank state, DPS patch, the stacking, so and the passion, the passion which we can always come to. Frito, what do your what are your overall impressions? Lots of points to riff off there, but overall impressions. How are you enjoying season nine? Muted. Muted. <laughs> yeah, just learning streaming. I, I stopped the cough earlier. Um. I'm glad you're taking mental notes because I have learned on this show that I need to take actual notes. So I have notes on these as well. So I'll try to take, I have things on all, everything you just said. I'll table those things that you're noting as well. And I, I think I'll make a key takeaway here. Okay. Because Flats made a horribly incorrect prediction on this show. And I want to call him out for how wrong he was about this. He said that it would take two months for us to figure out what's broken. I think it took two days where there's just <laughs> some heroes that are obnoxiously overpowered. We should have known that if there is easy bullshit that you can get away in this game, people will only play that and you'll just corny cheese it out. I've got a, a few that I think overly stand out as being obnoxious. Moira is going to be the top one. I think we can't even think. I know this is what I want. Okay, let's take a step back ba balance wise. Do not mass balance the game. Don't do a hundred changes. Because I want them to do is look at the heroes that are obnoxious and bad for gameplay, tune them back, then see what happens. I don't want horse to get buffed and this to get buffed and then, and, and then Moira gets buffed and then the whole meta changes again and we're chasing our tail for the next six months. Don't do that. So I actually prefer them to be a bit more uh, surgical with this. But Moira is outrageous. And I tried to say this in my tier list video when I made it. A lot of players at that time, it seemed, were like, thinking I was uh, ridiculous. Like, Frito put Moira in D tier? What a moron. What does he know? I mean, he's not top one. I mean, he doesn't know anything. But clearly, over time, and now Sam's even saying it as well, and I, may, I don't know if you felt that at the time uh, immediately, but I immediately was like, wow, even if Ana lands her abilities, she always gets traded out. And this is a team shoot meta. You need to be able to escape, swarm, come in, come out, defend. The DPS passive, passive is uh, ruling everything. That, oddly enough, makes me like tank because I feel we finally have a tank experience on the right trajectory from how I would like to play it anyway, which is closer to Overwatch 1 tanking, which is more about making space, holding positions, and helping your team. The balance isn't quite there, but, like, the—I the, mean, when could we have said that D.Va was a top-tier tank in Overwatch 2? She was always, like, an also-rand tank because prior to this point, you wanted a big DPS— or a big durable wall. That's it. Those are the two options, essentially. Most of the time, at least in ranked, obviously like pro play, Winston, different. But in general, that was like the easy mode meta that everyone's learned is Overwatch 2 tanking. Now we have the top tanks that interact with the DPS passive better. And that at least makes the game about space and team fighting, which is a game I want to be playing, at least personally. Um, so I'm happy about that. I just think like what I want to warn everyone is that when we start complaining about heroes like Ana or Kiri, there is always worse things around the corner, and we found it. It's Moira. Moira is lurking in this room right now. I think if I am not checking the cooldowns appropriately, she might throw a damage orb and kill me on this podcast right now. She is way too easy for everything she does and drives me insane, and that needs to change as soon as possible, as far as I'm concerned. 
Sam's got a, his finger up. What do you got? Uh, but Frito, Moira doesn't have any utility. I saw that one. <laughs> She's wrong. Go ahead. Sorry, I just had uh, to do that. Yeah, as, as it turns out, like, the best mobility escape is pretty darn good. Like, being able to go in and out. The thing I hate the most about it is what... What I think should be fundamental Moira gameplay is that if you fade in, you should die. That should you should not be able to fade into the enemy team and have it back in time to get out. And the the, the reason why I hate it so much is that a lot of players don't know what to do against it, and it's just a mechanics check often to stop that. And then even if you play it with the team, it's also still boring. So either way, it's boring and corny on the DPS Moira playstyle or in the teamwork playstyle. It's not good. She needs a rework. Or if they're not going to rework her in time, just nerf her so I can play against interesting characters like Ana again. Because I'd rather I'd rather get antenated than have to chase a Moira around the map as she flanks my DPS who are now the carries. And if they struggle to hit her, we just lose. Like, I, I can't stand playing against Moira. So uh, that's my intro i have comments on all the other things we mentioned as well but we'll, we'll hold that for now we'll get into it yeah i'm actually surprised you went out went for the throw on moira because when when you were like there's some outliers i want to i want to go at i thought we were going to have this torb torb rant again that we had before the call started where frito's another little pin to put in is frito's deep hatred for torbier now but let's let's go on the moira now that we're here and just the general support idea i'm taking the flats first flats have you? Do you share the Moira hate and the loathing and the fear that the damage orb may come for your neck at any moment? Or what is your general take on how supports are playing out this season? Well, I was going to answer no, and then you said the damage orb thing, and I'm pretty sure I have a little like a little beeper on the top of my head that attracts it. I, I died more times of watching it like bounce across the map. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. And it just comes straight for me, and I'm dead. Um, but I mean, I kind of disagree. Uh, I mean, no, come wrong. Moira's really good. I'm not saying I didn't. I'm not disagreeing on that. I'm saying that the whole reason Moira is so good is because this meta is so fast. Like everything dies so fast that you have that one bailout ability, and that's it. Like you need to survive. And yeah, like it, in ranked play, like people are fucking on whatever targets half the time. They're running around the map, fucking chickens with their heads cut off. Um, so Moira's will get that second fade off a lot of times, and that's really good for them because they can survive. Meanwhile, your Anas can't do that. Even Bap, like, Bap is, like, much more killable right now than he used to be. Um, once that lamp's out, like, that old burst with the DPS pass don't really mean a whole lot right now. Um, so it's much more about, like, positioning and where you're sitting in at because... If you make the enemy team burn cooldowns to get to you, you have a decent chance. But you don't have to think about that one more. You just walk in with your team, and if they go out, you just whoop, you fade away, and you're gone. And it's like, there's also a good chance because there's so much shit happening. Because <clears throat> it's... I, and, and, you know, that's why I think that maybe this patch actually might be good as long as you're not a tank. Like, tank sucks, but everything else, like... It's kind of what they wanted, right? Like, it's very brawly in a lot of ways. Like, whether you're playing actual dive heroes or not, you play super fast, like, together... And you can actually get lost a little, you know, like if it's a good morning, you see like she like goes to the fade to the left and you see the shadow and it's like, oh, she went left, but she actually turned back and went the other way. Like you lose her for a second or two. That's an extra two seconds back on her cooldown. And then it's like, oh, shit, where'd she go? And then she throws heal orb. You got to try to cut through the heal orb. Um, but I mean, the whole point of that is just because of how fast the game is. Like if healing meant more, like there's no point in really like healing your tank half the time right now because they're going to die. So... You get like the AOE healing heals like everybody a little bit, as long as long as well as the AOE damage and and the good survivability. You just brawl and death ball together. Yeah, you keep putting out healing, keep putting out damage, keep putting out healing, keep putting out damage. 
but you it's like more of the survivability and like the idea of keeping your tank alive is just like not it so it's like more about self-survivability and trying to either like play with your dps and follow up on like what they're on or just like play for your fucking life <laughs> and i know that might sound crazy but at least to my perspective that's what it seems to be um and if it wasn't as much killing power or if, it, or if tank was a little bit tankier um, and there was actually like a reason to invest more of those healing resources uh, and, and be more a little bit more sustained as opposed to like, okay, there's no point in sitting on this corner and poking at all because once you take a little bit of damage on tank, you're not getting that health back. So you just walk up and go, right? And that's where Moira is really, really good. I don't know if that's like a Moira issue though. I don't know if she needs a rework. I'm fine with having heroes that are a little bit more simple to play. Um, it's not like they're good all the time, you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of not sure where I land, personally. Like, I was not a Moria believer until Samita was like, SEV, lock the Moria right now, my guy. We were we were in a game, and I was, I've, I've, I've never been someone who, like, believes in the Moria. I always had this, like, old-school, rigid mentality of, like, whatever you do on Moria, I could probably just do better on BAP. But as Flat said, BAP is not all that hard. I mean, he's still good. I still still would pick BAP in this season, but like, this is one of those like, you don't realize the power creep or the reverse, the nerf creep that comes in where it's like they reduced his shift, so his like healing to himself from the shift got lower. Not recently, but it was a little bit ago. On top of that, the healing or the DPS passive means he's doing less healing. And then as Flat said, then the rest of the flowchart follows pretty easily where it's like the game is faster, um, health pools are bigger, so the burst of like a Hanzo is not as strong anymore, but healing is lower so the sustained burst if we can call it that of a dive is stronger therefore you want that like zerging all in therefore su su survivable supports are better Ana suffers Moira's fade is great and also Moira's healing is great because it's like a sustained AoE burst if we can call it that right like with BAP you could right click and shift but that's like a one time thing with Moira you're like spraying everyone because everyone if everyone's all inning in a dive you're spraying everyone you throw, throw the heal orb and like we when we were playing, we were playing a game of was it Suravasa? It was Suravasa, right? And it'd be like, I get cold, we in and in and in, we kill stuff. Next fight, I drop like one healing orb and spray, and I was like 40-50% ult charge because we were just stacking so hard. And so like every second fight I had cold lessons. And it was nuts. And it was like I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Cause this is supposed to be the patch where healing doesn't matter so much. But Moira can provide that and be sustainable. And the coal is like a team fight winning ult. So she's very, very strong. I'm not sure how I feel about her being very strong. I don't mind so much because it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel oppressively strong. Like, I don't feel like I have to pick Moira or that she dominates the game. It feels more like a consequence of what else has happened around her. I do, I do lament a little bit the loss of Ana, though, but I also recognize that there's going to be a lot of people who are very happy to see her basically in the dumpster pick and to see Samito refer to her as like a never pick hero. Unpickable. Because, unpickable. Because... She has had a lot of time in the sun, and I can understand people being like, that's enough, I don't care anymore, just take her out for a while. But I also do lament the loss of a skillful hero, and and, and I think what most people agree is one of the most fair interactions in the game. Sam, I'm curious how you feel about all of that. Ah, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. You know, I started the war against Moira in 2019. 2020 True. everybody called me crazy how could you say this Samito? moira has no utility 
you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. I, I had, I, ironically, this is like right after my contender season where I, I had just had to learn break and support. And I was being told by the mass Moira army, who all are K-pop fans too. I've started to put two and two together. <laughs> I, I, I picked up on it, guys. I understand the K-pop. I get where y'all are coming from. But they are, dude. I Do you know how many K-pop band camps I got hit with in my replies when I was talking about Damage Orb? Like half of them. It was crazy, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Well, let's talk on this really... for an hour, Sam. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny because I, I always try to say, I was like, hey, look, like Moira, like she has utility. She is good. And SVB, that's kind of what you realize. So let's let's break down why Moira is good briefly, right? Look at what happened to the support role, right? Ult charge increased globally by 10% for everybody to start. So ults are harder to build in general, okay? DPS passive, also 20% less healing on any target right so a single target like power heal healer like anna whose biggest win condition is her nano isn't just nerfed by 10 percent; it's nerfed by about 30 because most of the time now you're gonna have to nade your team instead of using it aggressively so you lose your option to use it aggressively or your team's just gonna die right you're super vulnerable and now your win con is miles away compared to where it was before but what did i always tell you guys moira's best win condition was she builds her ult faster than any other support in the game and she's the easiest to heal with and she has the survivability what makes her so good isn't really just her sustain it's the fact that she's gonna get coal because that 10 percent nerf reduction doesn't affect her very much and the 20 percent also doesn't really hurt her build rate that much because the heal orb is going to get everybody right anna and these other healers even bap like they're going to struggle to get all these targets but moira also if you tag somebody with your main heal they heal over time right so you have tons of ways to build that coal quickly, and it's just now by far, even more so than previously because of the, glo the global ult charge nerfs, the fastest building support all SUV. And that's why in that game, I had 6k healing on Lucio, and you had 17k on Moira, right? Because you could just crank it out with the heal orb. So it's just rinse, repeat, build that coal, go in aggressively. And she's always been very good in these brawly comps. She's been, in, she's been one of the best picks in the game, right? Now... Uh, it, it's definitely not balanced, and you don't want to see that for the skill to reward. Like, I, I wouldn't even say Ana necessarily had her, her time in the sun. She just stuck out like a sore thumb because her impact was so immediate, right? It was, it was so obvious to see when that Ana was hitting a nade or hitting a sleep dart, something like that. And Moira, it definitely probably feels a little bit better for the tank player, aside from actually getting the kills, because you're just not getting constantly drilled with that CC. Now, playing tank is not fun for me, personally. Like, it, is, it is infuriating, because there are some times where it's just out of your control, and you what the, the thing is, like... While it is more about spacing, like what Frito said, you just have to counter swap. It is the only, it is the most efficient way to play tank. You constantly counter swap, even if you have your ult, just switch. Don't bother. You want to know why it's not worth it? Because they're just going to go mo heroes, and your ult's going to be worthless anyway. So you're better off just playing for the neutral every fight. Um, that being said, you know I, I I think I think Moira probably should get tuned down. Like she got a ton of buffs to fade on top of like it getting jump and staying a six second cooldown. I always thought that was insane. She got six seconds. Six seconds on a cooldown is absurd, especially when there's no mechanical requirement for it, and they've added a ton of other buffs to it over time. I think an easy thing would be to increase that cooldown. I don't think Moira necessarily needs a rework. I think it says more about the state of the game around her that she's the best support pick in, in rank. Like, she's easily, like, the easiest support. Like, I, I was playing with Johnny, my old roommate, and I was teaching him Moira, and, like, within two games of me saying, literally all it is, spam healers. Spam heal orbs till you get coal, and then burn coal. And it is the most simple, easiest thing to pick up. And then their, so their stat line is, like, 
I'm averaging, I think, 15,000 healing per 10 on Moira. So ironically, even with this DPS passive coming in that reduces healing, I've very rarely ever been able to put up that consistent stat line of 15,000. 10,000 per 10 on Ana is good. 11,000 is, if you're crazy, consistently 15,000 on Moira in like three or four games. I'll probably, if I played more, it'd go down, but... No other hero can do that. So that's kind of why she's the best pick. What was the other end point there, SBB? Because I actually kind of want to explain why she's good. Uh, it was just about the loss of Ana, potentially, and, and people feel like... Yeah, it sucks. That's a bad thing. I, let's, I mean, the loss of Ana, how about Mercy? I mean, well, Mercy players are struggling right now, and she is she's not good. And Ana, is, Ana and Mercy are both, like, unpickable, in my opinion. Unpickable. You just you, you cannot pick them at all. They just can't they can't do anything. I think Alari's pretty bad too, but that's just me. On some poke maps, she has chances to be played. I've played her on a couple maps and got a lot of value on her, particularly her ult buff that gives her her heal back. But like, you have to be pixel perfect on your positioning, and it has to be the perfect setup, and your team has to do everything right. It's just so much easier to pick Moira or Kiriko and just do whatever the hell you want all game. So, yep. yeah. Well, th th there's my question then: is is that okay? Like, there's there's a bias here because these are two very popular heroes, like Moira or uh, Mercy and Ana are, you know, they're, they're the two most popular supports for sure. I think, again, the stats of the dev showed said that the most played hero was Ana, And we kind of anecdotally know that Mercy is like a very strong community. A lot of people singularly love Mercy. So we kind of hear a lot of, about it a lot when they're not being played, when they are a little bit weaker. But for all those people who main Moira, who main, I don't know, Brig or Lucio, they're probably like, I don't give a shit, fine. I, I have a dog shit hero for <laughs> often. Player. So like I'm fine with this, but is is it a problem? Do we do we factor in play hours? Do we factor in popularity? And do we factor in something like Ana, quote unquote, feeling fair and balanced? I'll take it to Frida because Frida, like we haven't heard from you in a bit. Yeah, I mean, I kicked off the Moira hate train that's gone around. So let me just uh, try to respond to some of the things that that were said. So um, often I will try to remind you guys that especially two of you are insanely skilled at this game and forget that for most people. They can't duel the Moira. So the Moira gets to play obnoxiously. Sam will coach you to play the supportive way, which will work all the way into top 500. But the thing I hate is that she also can duel and easily throw damage orbs at players that either won't... Like, if you if you can play a competent Widow, this is not a scary thing to you, the, the damage orb Moira playstyle. Because you can take 10 minutes to line up the shot, and because she won't kill you fast. It's not that problem. It's just like you have to carefully punish that. You have to train it like a dog, okay? It's like, oh, you knocked the trash over. Stop it. No, right right now, you have to address the problem immediately. This is, this is how you're supposed to train dogs, okay? I, I'm not advocating you beat your dog, but I'm just saying you have to immediately, when they do the problem, you have to say no, okay? With a forceful, aggressive voice. We, we evolved with these the species over hundreds of years, okay? This There's a man-dog relationship, and the same thing you should treat your enemy Moira. You have to train it like a dog, because that's what they are, Moira players. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, the hatred's really, really strong. I know. This is probably the most mad I've ever been, uh, about any part of the game ever. Another example, okay, we got a friend on, on our, uh, side of the, um, content creation pipeline here. Me and Ed have friends, uh, named, one of them's named Hash. Good friend of ours, probably watching the show right now in your chat, SVB, I bet. Hash is a gold tank player. He did placements on support. Never played support in Overwatch 2, ever. Gold as tank. Placed as diamond, 
smashing his face against the keyboard, just Wing into the enemy constantly. Not following the rule book of how to be a good teammate like Sam's gonna say, no, 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 playing like a moron, having no idea how to play, placed as Diamond, which is like decently high in this grand scheme of things with the way the re-ranks have worked. We can talk about that as well, like with the new rank on top and they squished the, the ranks together. So there's less bronzes, less GMs, blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, some of our top 500 players are in GM right now, right? So you can kind of adjust for inflation or deflation, whatever. Um, then after placing was getting the biggest calibrations I have ever seen. Like, you know, the bars like this, he's getting like this much and it's saying calibration. You're an amazing support player. Here's stat all the stats you just got all the Samito stats that you're talking about. Okay. This, this character is too noob friendly and too forgiving. And is it's, it's not ruining your games as much because your DPS players can actually aim. And the problem that I have now is like, while in some cases, hitting shots is easier, it doesn't mean your DPS are going to pick those characters that are going to punish this kind of obnoxious pick who's been buffed to have 65 damage per second when she used to have 50. That's a, a thing that I... And also, you guys might not remember the patch notes, but they increased the... What do they call it? Target acquisition radius of her auto lock soft lock <laughs> attack so now it's even easier to hit i was stacking with svb and a, a couple games I, I played support I, I prefer to be playing tank right now but playing moira and i'm just like try to remember okay 65 damage per second and she life steals off of this so there's lots of characters where i i could be leaning back in my chair like this like just kind of like vaguely um I, I don't think it's it's i think it's a constant state of lifesteal but like i'm chasing her around as winston if she can hit me at all i cannot kill her and she'll get away over and over and over again i have to shield her damage because her damage uh life steals for her then she has the two escapes on top of that it's so okay we might not agree on the on the moira hate but i think it's like toxic to the skill expression of the game for everyone, always. So that that's that's. I mean, you know, Sam originated. The, I'm I'm somehow angrier about Moira than Sam ever was. Like Sam seems reasonable compared to the unhinged rant we're experiencing for me here today. But it, it's 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 not just what the character does. It's how I see these players play. They they do they try to do the most dumb things and. It, it, like okay. in order to counter it, I can just play Diva and eat their stupid orb. And it's not it's not that so much that it's hard to outplay. But it's just dumb. It's just a dumb way for the game to function. And so what I'm praying, I'm praying for all of, all of us. Let's not try to balance the game up to where Moira is. I want Moira to not be the best support. Then let's look at and look and admire the strategy of actually needing to position as these other heroes that are struggling right now. Anything that's like an anchor style support that needs to position is useless looking at the moment. But once we take the power from this overwhelming swarm playstyle, those things are going to emerge again. We like I. I don't want it to power creep up to catch up to how outrageous the pace of the game. Platt said something very interesting that I think like deserves a, a further analysis considering the goals of what this patch was supposed to be. They wanted time to kill to go down. And I think he's right in saying that things die fast now, like especially tanks. Okay. Tanks have 700 uh, health. I, I think I've been playing all week and I started to notice I don't even think I remember what it was like before season nine. It seems kind of the same in a lot of cases. And some things kill me faster than before. Like, so let's rebalance it towards the vision of what this was supposed to be. It's supposed to be a bit slower, right? Like not like less bursty. While in some ways it is, you're not getting one shot by a widow, but now you get like two shot by a Torp. Oh, great. Like that's so much different for me as a tank player. Like those things need to be rearranged in my opinion. And, 
for us that you should you should need to be careful in your positioning instead of these all-in rush rush heroes that have multiple escapes like let's let's slow the game down a little bit so it's more sensible in the decision making as opposed to just like non-stop ability spam that's my vision and, and love for the game um yeah there was a lot of other cool points too i forget where <laughs> well, i was supposed to go with this well, i think well, i went on, on the rage for moira mostly but counter swapping as tank lots of things go ahead yeah we'll just pull it back a sec because you know we've we've gone deep we've gone deep but don't worry you're not you'll you'll never be as far gone as samito until someone makes a twitter account called damage moira's damage orb with a profile pic of samito's face on it so until that happens you're fine your moira hey has not gone too far you're not synonymous <laughs> with this character yet so there, there's a that. there's a i'm gonna take it to flats now because flats has been you know very patiently waiting for his turn for a while and there's two things you can go on, Flats. You can go on the Moira train. I know you already gave your thoughts on Moira, so if you feel like you've said everything you want to say, that's fine. The other thing, that the original question I kind of posed to Frito, but I could sense his burning deep hatred could no longer be contained, um, was about Anna and Mercy. And, you know, these characters being so popular and they're suffering, obviously because of Moira supremacy, the nail supremacy. Is that okay? And, and, you know, how do we factor in stuff like pick rate and popularity and, and quote-unquote fairness to giving everyone a chance to be the meta hero potentially i feel like there's an evil route to say here of like ryan's been terrible for a very long time and nobody gave a fuck fuck you but i'm not gonna take that route um i i, I wouldn't say like you should be balancing heroes because they're the most popular like oh most popular make them stronger you know like that doesn't seem like totally right but i do think it should to be like taken into account somewhat right like for example you know, if Ana is an insane pick rate because people are playing her all the time, is it because people enjoy Ana and she's good right now? Or is it because Ana's broken, right? Like, you know, I, I think those types of things have to be looked at. And so, like, they don't, like, end up nerfing heroes that are, like, not actually oppressive or bad or just because they're getting picked a lot, you know, because they're popular. Um, but uh, in terms for Moira and Ana, I don't really know how to fix them. Um, it, it, like, point blank. Uh... But, you know, I wouldn't even say it's just, like, it's just them. It just, it feels like any heroes that don't have, like, one specific blasting ability, like, those are the ones that suffer, right? Um, the reason why Zen is still really good is because, like, he has one thing he's really fucking good at, and it's making the tank's life miserable. Because you get the 20% Discord plus the 20% fucking DPS passive. You are not getting healed for the rest of the game. Don't even fucking bother. Um, and so then you have like Bap, like his one thing is like, you know, doing damage and healing together, having a little bit of survivability. Kiri's is like, you know, you pretty much farm for rush now. It's not like I don't see as much of like the flanking Kiri's or going for kills all the time. That kind of looks like it's not really there at the moment, which is great. Um, but like obviously hers is again like bailout abilities, but it's, it's kind of like just worse than Moira a lot of times. Like Moira is just better, but you know those couple times you do see carries is that uh, Life Weaver I would argue is also sort of struggling um, as well, although not like unpickable. But like his thing was like overwhelming healing, right? But now that healing's weaker, like inherently he's going to be a lot worse. But there is like one secret thing to him, and then the card you taught me that apparently Life Weaver has the best shield break out of any support in the game and it's like not even close i was like you know hey, that's actually kind of nuts uh and very small niche thing it's not really gonna matter but uh i do think it's not fair for those heroes to be completely like unplayable 
even though Anna obviously was like the bane of the existence of the game for a little bit because like animated and whatnot. Um, and, and, and I think it's like it, it actually is almost like the reason why Anna is so bad in a lot of ways to that is like Nade was a fight winning ability and it was super easy to land. But things die already so fast that it doesn't matter if you don't have the anti-heal, right? So it's like you can't really pick somebody to save by healing and doing damage to them. Or sorry, not doing damage, but healing and like shooting them. As well as like pick someone on the enemy team to blow up with your nade. They would die anyways. So like taking the trade is no longer worth it, as Sam was saying. You'd rather survive with your team and go in. Um, so they definitely need some help. I don't even know where. I don't even think giving like Mercy more... Like, like you know, like, and I think a lot of Mercy players want, like, what, like, the Guardian Angel to go to, like, one second instead of, like, the 1.75 or whatever the fuck it's at nowadays. Uh, I don't even know if that would do it. Um, I don't think it would. And for Ana, uh, I'm a little bit worried because I actually kind of agree with Frito, is they shouldn't buff things up to Moira. It should bring Moira down. Uh, but at the same time, though, I don't know if that would help Anna very much. Like, if Moira was worse, right? Like, you, Anna probably needs something. Or the DPS passive needs to come back a little bit, which I'm not crazy about the idea. Like, I understand like, it's, like, that's the reason why we have like, such a fast-paced game. But maybe it's a little too much. Maybe we got it. Maybe it needs to come down to, like, 15 or 17 or, like, something a little bit smaller. Just because, like, at the moment things die so fast there's no point in picking those heroes so i think that would probably have more impact than anything else yeah i feel like anna has suffered in the same way that i was talking about bap where it's like they were they were trying to balance these heroes before the season nine patch and before they added the dps passive and the health going up and obviously everyone was like anna's a problem nerf nade nerf sleep and we kind of saw that right she got like progressive nerfs she got nade nerfed Sleep dart cooldown longer. Her damage got nerfed as well. If you remember, there was that brief period where she could uh, three tap. No, yeah, two tap a tracer. Two tap a tracer with 80 damage. And that was huge. And that lets you three tap Cassidy as well. Now you have to four tap him. And so like all these changes that were there. And then we brought that back. And now we've added this big wide arching change that automatically nerfs her because they're the, as Sam pointed out earlier, you know, like the big wind condition being the nano, you don't build that as fast. Healing is lower. There was like an occasion where I was playing Hollywood and I was playing Winston. I was just like, took like loads of damage, got down to 100 HP and I just sat around the corner and I was like standing in front of my Ana waiting for her to heal me. And it took her like five straight seconds to heal me. Like it took her so long to heal me because I was still tagged by the DPS passive and she's just like, pumping the bullet shit to like reload like just keep spamming and i'm like jesus christ this takes fucking forever now and that's when i'm not taking any more damage on top i'm just standing afk around the corner so i feel like she's so many times there like waiting just standing there and then starts healing me just like it takes so long yeah. now, and it, it's really like something you really have to visualize. Like, in theory, it sounds like, oh, it should be fine. But then you sat there, and you're like, you're getting what? Like, 40 heals or something per hit, and you're like, oh my god, am I, my 700 plus HP is going to take fucking forever to come back. So there's definitely like a problem there, where it's like she suffered in multiple things, and maybe we just reverts, revert some of the nerfs. Like, if you gave her 80 damage back, or maybe even, yeah, like, because now everyone has more health anyways, would the DPS Ana be a bit more viable? reduce the cooldown on like the sleep or something would that help sam shaking his head so i'm curious now sam's opinion you know sam give me your take on the whole situation i know nobody likes somebody who says i told you so but i told you so <laughs> Anna wasn't the problem 
We, we knew this was going to happen every time, every time, right? And, oh, and this is this here is comes. my point. I got my bingo card. No, it's not this one yet. Not this <laughs> one yet. It'll come up. It'll I, it'll come up. It'll come up. Um, but no, it's like Anna was not the big problem, right? You know, like it, it, again, like she got so many nerfs like leading up to this that like I knew it was going to happen. Because I love playing Ana. I, she's my favorite, like, hero to play in the game. She's, like, the best design, one of the best characters ever designed in a video game. That's why she's the highest pick rate, because she feels so great to play, right? But everybody kept complaining, and they said, oh, Ana's too good. Ana's too good. I'm like, it's, it's not an Ana problem. Like, yeah, the sleep and the nade are powerful, but, like, if you keep nerfing her like this, like, she, I didn't even think she was meta previously. Like, Kiri and Bap were still getting picked over her, and, but she's just the most obvious one, right? So save my girl Ana. Um... The way to fix it is you need to nerf the DPS passive. It's way too strong. Um, you could either make it, I was going to say 10% if it's going to be two seconds. It could be 10% and it would still be pretty good. But maybe we make it one second of, of heal negation instead of just two, right? But the reality is too many support heroes are bad, right? And this, this was my fear. And this is, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to go there yet. We're, we're going to go there when I start talking about tanks. So I'll save that for later, SVB. But I'm going to wait on this. Because, again, you don't... It's not ideal to have these fun heroes just be not pickable. Like, there should never be a state of the game where a hero like Ana is unpickable. That's not a healthy game. Now, the game is still fun because the core principles of, like, how you win fights is still enjoyable. And it's not everything's just hard and mortal, right? But you never want that to happen. As much as I... As much as I, you know, don't like having Mercy on my team sometimes. I don't want Mercy to ever be completely unpickable, right? Because that adds diverse strategy to Overwatch. And what made Overwatch a unique game was that there are so many different strategies that you can do to win. It's not about what you pick. It's about how you play, right? That's always been what's been the most beautiful thing about Overwatch, in my opinion. I've said this on this podcast for four or five years now. So, look, I told you, this, I told you so about Ana. She got dumpstered this patch. And this is the worst. This might be the worst she's, like, ever been. I don't think Ana's been this bad since, like, GOATS. Like, I can't I can't think of a time where Ana was this bad. She was pretty bad in double shield. shield. Yeah, but she could play double bubble into it. That's right? True. Like That's right true. now, she is unpickable. You will lose every single like I like I, and I know this has to be like I know when I make mistakes and when I don't make mistakes, right? I was playing Ana in high plat with a four stack of my buddies. I played the round perfectly. Zero deaths. Didn't die a single time. My nanos were perfect. My nades were perfect. I did literally everything right. I might have made one mistake in 10 minutes. We couldn't cap a point, right? I, I couldn't impact the game. And I was doing quite literally everything right. Because I know when I make a mistake, I, I, I make them all the time. But when I'm, when I'm in plat, like, I'm probably not going to make too many, right? It didn't matter, right? She's too underwhelming. Think about this, SVB. With the DPS passive, she might be healing 55 health a shot. I think Moira heals the whole team more than that per second with her base heal. Right? You know, so stop hating on my girl Ana. Bring her back. Bring her back. And unfortunately, the way to do that is not to buff her base stats up because that's just going to make DP, like just nerf the DPS passive a little bit. The burst healers got affected by that more. I I'm not, what do you guys think? Should you do it by the duration or do you do it by the health percentage? Right? I think 20% is a massive number. I'd go down to 15 and maybe a second and a half. Maybe do a little bit on both sides there. Yeah, I think you're right on that actually. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more conservative with it. It's like, don't want to ruin what we got going at the moment. Cause things like, you know, things it's, it's pretty good. you know, that's why I was like 17 maybe, but that's also a bit of a weird number for it. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the only way that you change and make those burst healers better is that because other than that, just buffing the numbers, and we just start going, we yeah, just start just chasing it again. over and again. Please, There's no please point. Please don't buff the supports. 
Don't do that yet. I'm I am begging you because then they change Life Weavers. Can I talk about Life Weaver for a second? I, I love playing Life Weaver. That hero should not exist. That hero should not exist. You can't miss playing tank against freaking Life Weaver is the yeah. most irritating, obnoxious, least fun experience. Like you're playing an AI. You're, it's like, it, unironically, guys, it feels like you're playing a cheater. You literally feel like you're playing a cheater. And I love playing Life Weaver. Like, I could go, well, I'm not going to say that on stream. It's, it's a little funny. Okay, whatever, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. But, like, I go chill and play Life Weaver with my buddies at night. They've, they've you know, popped a little Delta 8 gummy, right? They're they're just blasted, right? They're on Mars, right? And they're just playing Life Weaver, right? And it's it's absurd. And you can't miss your playing. Like, imagine we made a DPS that every shot automatically hits. That's what we did with Life Weaver. And he sits in the back of the map. It's a more annoying Brigida. Which is crazy. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's so because it, he because Frito. I told you this. He and Brig fill the same role in the support role, right? Except every second he's churning out a pack. It's like it's like a repair pack had no cooldown and it was burst. It's like I I played against it today. That's why I said that. But like the supports like Moira and Weaver should never ever be better than Anna, Bap, Kiriko, even Mercy. Shout out my girl Mercy, right? Because you know at least Mercy you have to prioritize where you're going around the map. Everybody was saying I couldn't finish my Mercy on Rated GM. You should know better by now, okay? Like, calm it down, all right? Um, but that was a fun experience for me, too, because it was, I, I did, you know, believe it or not, I, I can't, I got ch voice chat banned for the first time doing an unranked GM Mercy. That's what did it. <laughs> what did you say? Dude, these kids won't take high ground. I'm sitting there telling them. I'm like, yo, take high ground. It is free. Walk your little ass up on the high ground. And I just had to, Frito, yeah, you have to treat, because I get the support players too. And this is, I know people give me a lot of shit all the time because they're like, oh, he's a toxic DPS player. It's like, I, I played support at, at in contenders level, right? I, I feel your pain. Ana's my favorite hero. But when these little newbie DPS don't under, you want to get out of gold guys on DPS, just take high ground. It, like, it literally is that simple. Walk up to the high ground and shoot. How about you don't sit on the ground against a Ramakshra and a Reinhardt and figure out what's going on? Like, it's, so yeah, I got chat banned for that. I don't regret it. I got to GM because of it. So, you know, they deserved it. They weren't taking high ground. They tried to flame me. And I was like, you're like, you're playing Mercy. You be quiet. I was like, sit on the high ground. And then guess what? They did it. We started winning. Can you believe that? Um, <laughs> but no, even Mercy, because again, like she has the fair drop off where like, she's not going to be an offensive character. Like you have to make the correct decisions. You have to do that. What are you doing on Life Weaver? What are you making correct on Moira? As Frito said earlier, right? And I think if those outliers kind of get changed, the game will be a lot more fun. But the, the core flow of the game right now is good. What a day. Samito's out here, like, defending Mercy. He's not the one flaming Moira as much as someone else. He Dude, wants what? Life Weaver removed. What's happening? What? Imagine telling us five years ago that this conversation would take I know. Us. Imagine. I'd be like, Sam, by the way, you know, you won't hate Moira as much as you'll hate the next guy. There's a, there's a, there's a Giga Brig. He said, there's a guy worse than Brig. Samito uttered the sentence, there's a guy who's worse than Brig. What a day. What a day on the podcast. The opposite of our bingo cards, really. This is like some backwards thing. Uh, I want to take it to Frito because Frito, you know, he, he he spoke a lot about the things that you've started with your rant, the fire that you lit. How do you feel now that's come back full circle? Okay, so I'll, I'll attempt my best to talk general support. That's the subject we're on. I think something that we should have anticipated happening is when they intentionally attack burst impact. That's what the whole patch was about. And burst impact heroes are going to be weaker. And Ana, oddly, is one of those. But I think there's other aspects of this that are going unnoticed. So. I don't care about the DPS passive so much because some of the ramifications I like. One of them, it's going to guarantee that defensive tanks will always be good because 
blocking that passive. The stronger that passive is, the stronger a defense matrix will be. And I'm happy about that. Um, I also like that supporting becomes more about your positioning and cooldown use, in theory, unless you're playing Moira. Um, so that is where the survivability comes. So the big plays of those abilities matter more than just heal botting. Problem is one character is still capable of heal botting somehow. And I think we should have seen that coming. So just a small little explanation of why Moira is good um, for this version of the game. Because I, I want us to take a step back after this to think about the um, how this should apply to the rest of the game to fix this patch a little bit better. So Moira can focus fire. She has an escape, like I just said, is really good and mobility. So her escape turns into a mobility, which gives her options. So she can go from DPS to heal. Having all that flexible options to your play is really, really good. Zen sort of has this a little bit too, where he can be multitasking, where he casts an orb this way, marks that thing, and can fight a thing over here. Whereas Ana is all burst in on that one play. It's got to work there, and you're done. And another problem that she has now is that, I mean, how many shots does it take to kill a squishy for an Ana? And how long would it take a Moira to just generally look in the same direction to do the same thing? And do we need long range? Is our snipers really good? Is far in the skybox anymore? No, everything's in Moira range now. So I think at the very least, I'd like to see Moira's range pulled in, the fade cooldown changed, and um, that, that you know, I want to rework as well. But so I think that kind of explains a lot of the support play. I think once... Once supports have to be disciplined instead of playing turbo speed, then we're going to appreciate the skill that it takes that role. Like, I want that role to be as skillful as I imagine it to be once some of the easy BS is knocked down. Like, I, I don't mind support feeling hard, but the thing this we got to remember, okay? When the role is weaker, the skill expression is higher on everything, always. And this is sort of how I feel about tank right now. It's really, really punishing. Yeah, there's a few things that I'll, I'll outlie. I think we wouldn't um, be at a major loss if all of a sudden tank had a percentage resistance to the dps passive or to discord I, I don't think that would ruin the game those are probably good changes to consider but i i like how hard tank is because i think it it does sculpt the battle in a meaningful way that matters it's just that there's all these other things that are running around kind of um better than they should be in my opinion and we should address that first before we try to power creep our way into this I, um something i was trying to highlight earlier that i don't know I think we kind of just breezed over it a little bit the goal for this was to like make the game more discernible i i think right it's like things burst you turn the corner burst impact die that's bad we want we don't want that but now we've sort of just adapted all of our play and everyone's playing these high tempo heroes and the game somehow faster faster and Faster, what, what is that? <laughs> what faster and burstier than before, oddly, but just with team shooting now because it's about mobility and team shooting. This isn't necessarily the best timeline we could be on. I think the best one is where it, it slows down a couple steps back, where we're thinking about those cooldowns strategically and the positioning battles take a little bit longer to develop as opposed to what Flats kind of said earlier, which is, I, I agree. It's like you got to be all in, all out. Like, look, there's a target we can kill. Boom. You got to go in now. Everything focused. And the team fights, you know, go like that. So if you don't have a button that says overload, uh, fade out of the way, Suzu, teleport. If you can't escape three times, like, you're a useless hero. It's like you're just going to be the one targeted. I This is a problem I have because I keep getting Cassidy's in my game for some reason, which I understand, like, the ceiling of this guy is insane. But, like, 
it takes a village to keep Cassidy alive. And if he's out of position for two seconds, he's just going to get focused by everything. And it, it's really hard to play around that. So, um, yeah, I think that's my final little support rant. Go, Sam, ahead, go ahead, Sam. I'm going to give everybody a PSA. Just because apparently most of the Overwatch community doesn't get this. Do not pick Cass into dive, please. He's garbage into dive. He's never been good into dive. If you want to counter dive, pick mobile heroes. I'm doing you a favor. The only time you need to pick Cass is when there's a tank like Junker Queen in front of you that you can mark consistently and force out with your damage. He is not good into dive. Stop doing it. You're welcome. Go ahead, SPB. Sorry. I just, I, I'm sick of it, too. It's, it's, it's absurd. No, that, that's totally a fair thing to bring up and maybe helpful. Maybe we'll save some people something. I'm also worried we maybe. By uttering it into existence, we spawned a bunch of Moira players now. Like the 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 effect of That's us talking, life. the effect of us talking about something is that people like hear the first part and then they like go away with it. And I see this often on the forums or something. Like we'll say something and then the next day on the forums is like a long thread about like, did you hear about this? And all I know is in in plat and gold everywhere, there's gonna be a spree of Moiras and they're all gonna be like, thanks, group up podcast, thank you. Let it happen because I I know Flats has reacted to some of these TikToks. I've said it for four years. Just let it happen. Let it happen. It has no utility. I better never hear that again. All right. Let's see. We'll we'll do let it. Let the chaos we'll reign. I mean, so to, to, so let's let's shift it over to the tank side now, because Frito brought up. You know, he says like, oh, I actually enjoy playing tank this season. It feels like a challenge, and and I agree with that sentiment. You know, when I whenever I I've been playing support when I'm doing with Frito, but before that I've been kind of hard locking tank, and I have enjoyed it, even though my support rank still consistently stays harder. And I guess I'm just a dog water tank, but I still enjoy it because. Um, there's a challenge to it. Like, I enjoy the challenge. Like, I didn't enjoy playing support in the busted support era because it felt kind of free. It felt kind of easy. And that's not really why I play, like, Overwatch as a, as a competitive game. I play it for a challenge to be kind of tested and to see what I can do with the limited resources I have. And I, and I enjoy that aspect of tank. But the one thing that is frustrating about it is that the reliance on other people in, in many ways, and, and we'll bring it back to the tank overall, where it's like, A, the counter-swapping that Samito highlighted, which is that you get counter-swapped singularly, almost exclusively the counter-swap is targeted to you. Sometimes you can do your best, sometimes you can keep swapping, but then sometimes you need your team to, to do some of that counter-swapping too to make their tank not counter your tank or whatever it is, or X hero counter your hero. But people still don't seem very keen on doing that. They just like blaming their tank. And then also, now that everyone's HP pools are up, Killing stuff is very hard on your own. And it, it, it's good in a way because we've got this team-centric meta, right? We talked about DPS patch. That's how we started this discussion, the DPS patch. And I agree. And I think in ideal terms, it's kind of all the things that we want. It's dive is strong, which people were crying for for a long time. They're like, we want dive back. And team-coordinated gameplay is really good. And Frito, you know, we've experienced this a little bit when we get like a... We have a stack and then we get a good two randoms. It's beautiful, right? We're all diving the same thing. We're all like targeting everything and where everyone's calming. And I remember in like that first week and a half, everyone was tryharding really hard. Everyone was in calms. But now that started to die down a little bit, I, I ain't hearing anyone yap anymore. No one's piping up except to be an idiot. And the coordination ain't coming either. Like the, the Genjis all of a sudden, they, they, ain't, they ain't there, right? You're diving in. The Genjis are out there in Narnia. They're doing fuck all. So the DPS passive isn't really connecting the way I think it was at the start of the season when everyone was really motivated. And that's when tanks becomes really frustrating because you, then we're back to that whole, I'm just shooting this guy who will never die. Like, again, I was just talking before we went live that like, you know, this is one occasion where I was playing Winston. It was like New Queen Street. It was like yesterday on, on stream or something. And like this widow was like 50 HP and my tracer had died to get her there. So I'm like, I'm in. 
and I jump on her and like I hit her with the burst melee like right click combo everything right but there's a Kiriko right behind her just holding right click behind her and as the DPS passive wore off the Kiriko's just doing this for the rest of the entire like five seconds and I'm just there like tasering hoping that this bitch will die she will not die everything else dies around me and I'm just like well fuck okay then alright I guess I'm fucking useless then I guess I may as well uninstall the game and I can tell by Flats' expression that maybe this has been his experience quite a lot. So I'll take it over to Flats now. And then Sam, you wanna you can you wanna go well, right now? Or you wanna go after? Another another support that can't miss. Go ahead, Flats. Yes, I was actually that was gonna bring up in your rant, but I was like, let me let him go. But that's another frustrating thing about Kiriko and, and a lot of the healing that comes out. It's just like compared to Ana, what everyone loves about Ana is you have to hit your shots to heal. And you have to hit your shots to do damage. There's nothing auto, there's no auto win. There's no auto-free. The same thing that I used to love about Junker Queen, where it's like, you got to do everything. There's no free BS mobility here. Everything has to be earned. But Flats, how has the tank experience been? We've talked about the support power. How's the tank experience been? It's fucking miserable. Even after the Zen changes? I mean, the Zen changes... Zen. Yeah, I mean, Zen... Uh, the difference was... Zen was the turn your brain off, pick Zen, no matter what, you can still get tons of value. Hard to kill, hard to dive, hard to even punish. You played ball a lot because the reason you played ball was because you could just run for your fucking life half the time. You roll through them and just fucking run. Because, like, their tracer's on your ass. If they go somber, oh man, you're going to have a terrible time. Uh, but you at least will survive a little bit longer. And then after the Zen nerf, ball is still very good, but not like you have to pick ball every game. And the whole reason for that is because Zen's now more punishable. You can play your Winston, you can play your D.Va, you can play Sigma, right? Um, which has honestly become my bit of a pocket pick anytime I go against Zen players. Um, but yeah, it's fucking miserable, man. That, that counter swap game is so awful. And it's not just the tank now, it's actually like beyond that. And there's like, there's, you saw like, you remember like the start of Overwatch 2, there was like a flow chart, right? They pick D.Va, you pick Zarya. They pick Zarya, you pick Winton. Do you pick Winton? Do they play D.Va? Now, now it's fucked. It's just like, it's a giant chart now. And it's like, okay, they, you go Ram, they went Ana, you gotta get off Ram. Uh, if they, if you went uh, uh, Queen and they went Zen, unless it's on certain maps with certain comps, you're probably gonna get Discord and die, so you gotta go Sigma, and then you can play that. Or you could go Winston and All In, but only if you have a Tracer. And it's like, it, it's... It's like doing fucking trigonometry to figure out what the hell you got to play this next fight. And it doesn't matter about your ults. Your ults are not impactful. And you can't kill anything by yourself. Because don't forget, everyone's all like, oh shit, we can kill things now. It's great. Things are awesome. Healing is still the same from before. Healing didn't get nerfed. So like all the tank players are playing on the last patch and damage wise. Right? So, like, we can't kill things the same way everyone else can. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat there tasing somebody and going, oh man, I wish I had the DPS passive. Because I know for a fact that I'm that Moira I'm tasing is sitting there laughing because they're just going to fade away in about three seconds from now. And you know what? Their cooldown comes up in three seconds and it's going to take me four and a half seconds to kill them. They're in no danger. <laughs> like, and you want to talk about, like, no follow up? Like, I mean. Dude, I, I was okay. I, I went on a bit of a losing streak last night, I won't lie, um, with Karku. We were having some miserable games. We lost every game we had a DPS duo out of voice. Every single one. Because, you know, they're just running around the map playing whenever they want. It's like, we can't follow up. We can't play together. Like, we're just fucking all over the place. So unless, like, they're, like, the god's gift to Overwatch, we're just fucked. Um, and it's really frustrating. It's really, really frustrating because 
yeah, people have always talked about like, oh, tank diff tanks always been the strongest thing. I I think I said a couple like a couple weeks ago, I was like, I feel like tanks not even that impactful of a role anymore. And I would say this patch even solidified that tank is now the weakest role in Overwatch, um, and is the one role that's there. People still focus on you the most, so you're like you're almost like the quarterback, but you can't throw the ball. Your only thing is you hand the ball off now. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, I have a whole D-line and a blitz coming down, and I got to read it all and sit back, and it's like, okay, we might have to go shotgun here. Don't matter, though. I'm not throwing. I'm going, whoop. And the, the best part of all is, like, sometimes the running back's not there. He just leaves. <laughs> and it's like, oh, actually, no, you need to run the ball now. And it's like, wait, me? And now everyone's chasing you, and you're like, and you're not that fast because you're not that athletic. You're, you're supposed to be throwing the ball. And you just get fucking clapped, and it's like, now everyone's like, yeah, you fucking blow, dude. And it's like, I'm so, you're set up for failure 90% of the time. What do you mean? And it gets it gets even more compounded if they play even certain support comps. Like, you, support's weaker now than it was before. You know, but if you walk out of spawn and they're playing Moira Lucio with some type of either Winston Brawl, D.Va, uh, Ram Queen, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things you can kind of run. And you've got, like, Ilari Kiri. You better have God's gift to Overwatch on your Widow Tracer. <laughs> you better have God's gift to Overwatch if you don't. Oh, you in for a bad time. And it's just like, how is the role that has arguably the most pressure on it? Maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Say I'm wrong. But arguably the most pressured role in the game has the least impact. Game in and game out. How the fuck does that make any sense? I don't know. There's so much I love about this. Firstly, I love that like Flats is like literally seeing the light. Like there's literally like light shining <laughs> on his face as he's like appeared as the Messiah and then he peace dips. Camera's gone. I'm still here. Scared, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also like the sports the sports ball metaphor where he was like, I'm the quarterback, but I can't throw and I'm like, Alright, I follow. Yeah, European follows. And then he started talking about shotguns and blitzing. And I was like, all right, uh, you lost me, my guy. You lost me. I, I I was starting with the metaphor, but I sort of vaguely understand. But yeah, I I agree with that sentiment. I th I think the way when it, you know a lot of people come into stream, they're like, "What do you think of the state of tank?" The way I always describe it is like, the tank doesn't win you the game; they can lose you the game. That's kind of how it is. It's like you you're you're like you can be bad, and yes. your team loses, but you're even if you're popping off, like it's never far from them just stopping you popping off. Like it's it's like, oh, I popped off for two fights, and now like everything's gonna negate me and. Then I have to like calm down That's a good my way of putting it. I, I feel that. I actually feel that a lot. And it's like the games where I lose my team the game, I feel it. And it feels like shit. Like it doesn't feel good. And you always get someone who's like, like, oh yeah, you really played great here. And it's like, dude, this is the one game out of twelve games where like I didn't play the best. But like, look what we have, look what they have too. Like we also have three people out of voice. We're playing fucking around the map, and they're and they're playing high ground second point Dorado with two great hit scan players. Like, fuck, man! Like this is what? What am I fucking fighting the Avengers? Like this is awful, you know? It's... Right, but it's like it's like you got Iliari Mercy in the jungle TP trying to run it down on Dorado B. It's like, well, this what the fuck do I pick? Right? There's no yeah. way. Nothing. Nothing's gonna work. So I I appreciate that, and I feel that pain as well from my limited time on tank, Sam. How about you? You also kind of shared the sentiment, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I, I've said this for six or seven months now. Like, the frustrations of tank don't come from balance. It comes from format. 
just is what it is, right? Like no amount of changing health pools or doing any of that is going to solve the counter swapping problem that was caused by 5v5, right? It, like I, I'm sick of saying it. Like how close are we? We've now gone full circle in the game for the roles being, for the power being distributed between the roles, right? Bingo. Right? Yeah, you know, you can, you can write bingo. Yeah, do well, it. It, it, It's just like <laughs> at some point, people are going to have to accept. This is what I, I, I'm not telling you you have to say 6v6 is better. But you need to at least accept that the reason why Tank is like this is because of 5v5 roll lock. It's what it is. Where Tank had the most meaningful exchanges previously was when there were two tanks with lower health pools and less powerful cooldowns. So that there was kind of like an exchange between both tanks, right? The big ult fights where tanks would get team wipes or this five-man shatters or whatever. Comes, most of those combos, a lot of the times, were tanks. Like a grab, Ryan swinging into a grab. That's direct feedback, direct value to that Ryan player, right? Or even even the monkey, like just cleaving into a grab. Like one one really fun thing I did the other day, and I think I told you guys about this. Is one of the most fun combos I had in Overwatch too. Is um, I think I copied I copied Mwalga as Echo, and because they had a Mwalga who I completely misjudged in my tier list. He's definitely one of the better tanks. Cardiac Overdrive is an insane ability still. He's great at playing corners or poking. I was totally wrong on Mwalga. I'd say he's A or B tier right now because um, he's just hog with armor on top. <laughs> yeah, I had to redo um, mine a little bit for him too. Yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely good. But I built my cage and I caged them in. And I had a Ramatra on my team with ult, and it was just Fortnite. Like, it was, like, there is the last circle Fortnite. They're in the storm. Everyone's dying. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It, it was fun. But, like, listen, guys, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, say 6v6 is better or this or that. But people at least need to be honest that the reason why Tank feels like this way is because this is what the format forces. Right? No balancing is going to get rid of counter-swapping. And I'm going to quote Aaron in the first dev blog. They said they want to reduce... Hard counters and counter swapping in Overwatch 2. That was the big selling point of 5v5 PvP. It's done the opposite. And it's only done the opposite in the most noticeable way for the role that can only pick one thing at a time. So now on the maps like Dorado, where there's two hit scans sitting on high ground, you have to go D.Va. And I sure as hell hope your tank player plays D.Va. I sure as hell hope you don't get the Rhine player on, on Dorado or the uh, Hog player or the, God forbid, poor, poor Salt and Metro, dude. I, I got them on the other team again yesterday, and they had a Doom 1 trick on Havana. And we had a Sig player, and my other DPS was a Widow player. So we played Echo, Widow, Sigma into Doomfist, like, Soldier Cass. And they were just, like, they were, they were, like, they were putting up triple doubles, boys. Like, they looked like Russell Westbrook in his prime. Like, fucking 14, 12, and 14. Like, you know, it was tough, and there was just nothing they could do. <laughs> I mean, I felt bad for him. Because, like, it was unwinnable, right? So, look, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and hammer the bingo, bingo card home. Um, I, I, I was, Tank has some of the most fun new heroes they've put in the game. I love Ramatra, man. Like, I got to play Ramatra in open queue or in, like, 6v6 roll lock, um, like, in customs. Dude, it was so much fun. Same with Junker Queen and stuff like that. Tank's problems, and if, I, I guess we might have to go another six months of this before people accept the fact that the reason why Tank feels this way and is this way is not because of balance, because guys, we've cycled through all the Tank heroes. We've had the Hog meta. We've had the Orisa meta. We've had the Sig meta. Rest in peace, Reinhardt. Uh, we had the Winston meta. We've now had Ball be really strong, too. We've had the Queen meta, too. Guys, we've cycled through every Tank hero. Earth to guys. At what point are we going to say, this is the format, I'm done preach. I'm done, I'm not going to be a broken record anymore. But I'm just saying, we've gone through every hero, so I don't want to hear just balance of the game. It's not balance, it's format. Well, I was actually going to 
I was going to bring this up anyways. It's actually funny. We have the Sam's Law command in my chat. So the Sam's Law is ringing out Sam Ito's law that any any discussion going on long enough will result in a discussion about 6v6. But I was actually going to bring this up anyways. I was going to say to you, Sam, that I'm going to do you a, do you a solid. And we're going to have a mini 6v6 debate here. Like very brief section in this one. And you've already kind of spelled out your arguments. So I'll just ask one more reiteration before I'm going to take it to Frito. Because I know Frito... He wasn't part of the original 6v6, 5v5 debate, but I know he's been itching to kind of get his 5v5 yeah. flag planted. It depends planted. on what you want, right? It depends on what you want. Do you have anything else to add before I go? I was just going to say, do you want to just summarize yeah, to me, you still believe that 6v6 was better, or do you feel like, what is your stance? Like, this is what should be done, and then summarize it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll respond to it. So... I think 6v6 captures what I th personally think makes Overwatch a great game better, and it's easier to distribute the power between the roles because they're evenly distributed, at least in a roll-lock format, right? If we're talking strictly roll-lock, right? Tank is unsalvageable if you want to get rid of counter-swapping, if you want to allow Tank to have a meaningful exchange in the front line every fight where there's more playmaking and more setups. The thing that, things that make Overwatch rewarding... 6v6 does better. You can play what you want. You don't have to counter swap, right? Specifically for the tank, right? Tanking will never get that back in 5v5 roll queue. Open queue is another discussion, right? Because you can then, the players then have the choice to choose which role is going to have to get counter swapped the most, right? Um, I just think 6v6 captures that better. I think that the big combos are one of the most fun parts of Overwatch. Like the, the swing into a grab as Reinhardt, the, um, I don't know, the, 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 even the, the meat grinder comps that Nate and I used to run in quick play where we run Zarya Hog, there's a whole hog into it. I still kind of get that as Echo, so like I'm not complaining, but if you want guys like Flat's experience to actually be any better because we've gone through the entire cycle of heroes, you need to have a tank exchange that matters and you need to have tanks that can cover each other's weaknesses, right? That's just what you need to have happen if, to quote what they said in the first dev blog, Overwatch 2 is better because there's less counter swapping, 6v6 does that better. So again, it really depends on what you want, and this is why I haven't tried to hammer this home too many and say, oh, you're wrong to everybody else, and you like 5v5 more. If you like 5v5 more, that's fine, but what I will ask you to do is be honest and accurate about the reasons as to why you like it better, right? I don't, I always said, and in my opinion, this is my opinion, subjective view, Overwatch is better when it's about how you play rather than what you pick. That's the beauty of the game, the player agency, the decision-making that you make and the execution that you have. If you want tanks to have more direct value, Flats, be able to pick Reinhardt because even in the worst metas, in the double shields or whatever it was, you and Emong were locking Ryan Diva every day, Monkey Diva every day, and it was fun to watch. You guys enjoyed doing that. You can't do that anymore. And we've been doing this for about a year and a half now. We've gone through the Wheel of Fortune of which tank is meta. And it hasn't changed. And that's because it's not going to change. So it depends on what you want. If you want what I want, then 6v6 does it better. But if you like the more simplistic version and you like being able to kind of get your advantage by picking the right character, then you will like 5v5 more. You, you will like saying, oh, that guy's on this. Oh, I have more heroes in my arsenal. I'm going to switch to this and do it. But for me personally, when I'm in diamond and I have to counter swap a diamond player on tank in order to win the game, a player that I am exponentially better than, that's not a better experience for someone like me who sat down and grinded this game forever and said, you know what? I should be able to beat you on Doomfist if I want to play Doomfist when you pick this hero. Or if, I, I, if you go Zarya... If you start on Hog and I go Arisa to counter you, then he swaps Zarya, then I have to switch to Ram. You know, I, I'd like to play what I want. I don't want to play musical chairs. It's, a, it's really stressful and it's just not fun. And believe it or not, you saw it in their first... Well, I haven't made the video yet. I'll make the video later, but that's all I got <laughs> for now. Okay, well, 
I'm going to, for now, act as moderator. I'm going to come in later with a hot take of my own. But for now, as moderator, I'll just correct that they did say in the future, Sam, that they were like, we, you know, when I spoke to Jared a year after that opening dev blog where they did, you were correct that they said, we don't want counter-swapping to be a thing. When I spoke to him again, he was like, yeah, we, we've gone, we've changed. We don't believe that anymore. It was naive of us to think that there wouldn't be counter-swapping in this game. Counter-swapping is a part of this game and we're now like, we accept it as like a part of Overwatch. So their vision has changed, but I do agree with your point that that was the sole vision of Overwatch 2. And that I still have a vision I agree with that like it's worse when there's counter swapping. Now, Frito, you've been, I'm sure, boiling, simmering, cooking, one might say, for the chance to get this 5v5 part back. So give me the 5v5 argument in response to what Sam yeah. has said. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not going to muster the same fervor that I did for Moira Hate because I actually think this debate is so easily won with just facts and evidence and history that I think. Unfortunately, Sam is forgetting a lot of it. Um, so where do I want to begin? First of all, we all forget, seemingly, the 30-minute DPS queue times. Most people wanted to play DPS in every iteration and format in Overwatch 1. Almost for that reason alone, we can say 5v5 is better because we do not have a queue time problem anymore, and we did for a big percentage of Overwatch 1's um, tenure as a game. How long was it? Six years? Seven years? Lost track. In every format. Open queue and I mean, open queue was historic for not having an actual functional team comp. So we had to have roll queue. Then when we got roll queue, it was a flex ticket queue for tank players that don't really want to be playing tank. So the experience Sam describes did not happen except for maybe two months in the historic October patch where people are, oh, the game's rather good now. No, no, The vast majority of the, if 6v6 was easier to balance, then point to me long durations of time where the game was balanced and we all agreed that it was playing well that didn't happen that and in fact w there was oppressive metas that dominated the game for long periods of time that's the reality that the power comping was the problem back then we all agreed that counter picking was kind of useless and them trying to buff heroes that were supposed to counter the meta comp never worked we all agreed on this now, the devs intentionally made a game where counterpicking is good. They wanted to do that. And I'm not exactly sure about the quote from that blog article. They did say they don't want hard counters in the game, but I'm not so sure they said the exact words, counterpicking won't be a thing. Because they, in every other context that I remember, counter counterpicking is okay. Like, they want counterpicking. They incentivized it with the swap on roll passive. And this is either dev team. It's hard to know exactly if, like, you know, there's been turnover with the team. I don't, it's hard for me to place exactly who thought what idea was a good idea at the time. They kind of handed it over. Some of them stayed, some of them didn't. Whatever. Um, I wasn't prepared necessarily to have this debate. Now, I wanted to make a video about it, but this idea is so bad, I just, like, decided not to. Because it's so in, in the past of... Uh, uh, that we're not going back to it. This is kind of, and SVB kind of agreed with me, on, or he kind of convinced me of this, where I'm like, well, let's have another podcast about it. And it surprised me now in this moment. But weeks ago, uh, I asked him like, well, can we do another one? It's like, well, it's not going to happen. So uh, I, I kind of am on that train as well, because it fixes so many other problems that are either outside the game. But I also think it fixes inside the game. On that podcast, Jake made, I think, the best point, that the gap of gameplay for the other four players against six players when their two tanks were better than your tanks. So we'll, you can describe it from the experience of the teamwork of Flats and Emong rolling everybody. How do you think the enemy team felt playing DPS or whatever? They never got to interact with the game at any point. 
playing against a coordinated duo of tanks as opposed to uh, an uncoordinated one. The gap of that tank gameplay was too severe and it made matchmaking games terrible. Now we have a new problem now in Overwatch 2 where counterpicking tanks is ridiculous, but we're going to, life is never about avoiding all problems. It's the opposite. It's about picking the problems you're willing to deal with and trying to craft the, the experience and strategy around that. Utopia doesn't exist ever. And anyone who has utopian claims, you're setting yourself up for failure with your argument. And as you know, one of your best friends, hopefully in the Overwatch community, Sam, you know, you know, I love you. I want you to, to just slow down a little bit because the Overwatch community, a lot of them are in high school. They haven't necessarily gone to college. They haven't studied argumentation. They haven't read Shakespeare. Okay. Like, just, let me just point out a few things that is going to drastically improve your ability to argue. You need to stop putting a post in the ground, a goalpost, in saying, this defines the entire game. Because you did this with immortality abilities, for example. Over and over again, you keep saying, immortality abilities ruined the game until they deal with immortalities, everything. Oh, wait, they actually just redesigned the entire game, and those characters aren't even good anymore. In fact, now Moira's good. Oh, the, uh, I can't remember if you said this about Hog. A lot of people did. Separate argument, me now on Hog. A lot of people said, Roadhog will never function as a 5v5 tank. It cannot happen. And then I come out and say, actually, no, I think he was pretty good. And this rework just makes him better. No, 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 can't happen. That never will happen. Oh, he's actually one of the best tanks in rank. Okay, so while we might not have everything, we might not have Hog be a teamwork uh, style tank. Not just, We don't need to do everything in order to uh, make it right. So what you don't want to do is to nail yourself to an argument and then need to move your own goalpost that you created. So, uh, possibly getting a little bit tilted because uh, being right about some of these things for so long and not getting the chance to say it, it's, you know, it, it bends up some frustration for me. The caffeine is flowing. I got, I got notes, dog. Like, I'm, I'm really working on this podcast. Look at me. Look at me go. Let's see if I didn't miss anything else. Um, yeah, the 6v6 experience is overrated. Uh, counter swapping is pretty bad right now. I would, would agree with that as well. I had this game on Servasa where the enemy tank was getting so tilted, man. I was like, I'll be on hog. He switches the MAGA. Then I counter the hog and he's like rage typing me. I'm like, dude, you started this. But um, yeah, uh, counter picking is rough. But I think one step further, the free pick open swap format is really what matters and sucks about Overwatch, where not no walking out of spawn, not knowing what the enemy's on. Oh, oh you're hard countered. Great. Got to go back to spawn. You're losing objective progress. We have the casual format of being able to freely swap always with no cost. And they've talked about maybe reducing how many swaps you get or a draft or a ban format. They're thinking about that. Those things will improve because what's interesting about Overwatch gameplay is textured matchups. To some degree, we want there to be some amount of countering, like, because there has to be. You're playing different heroes. Unless you actually want to play GOATS comp 6v6, everybody together, because that's the gameplay we got. I watched the pros play since day one, right? It was always about just playing the same comp a bit better than the enemy. And I know some of these TF2 diehards liked that gameplay. No one else did, honestly. We want to see two different comps go at each other. This has been the case in lots of esports over the history of the game. That's always better gameplay. Unfortunately, that means some will have an advantage. So the format has to kind of shift that up and down a little bit so that it isn't so much of an advantage that it's outrageous. So I do agree that the format needs improvement, but 6v6 wasn't it for like a hundred different reasons. I may have forgot some of my points. I went on for a long time, but um, I'll drop the mic here and let the conversation continue to flow. I do like 5v5. Tank is hard and catches some L's, but 
this is the best case scenario we can have. Sam's going to explode if I keep talking. So I'm probably yeah, going to yeah. stop. Okay. Oh, yeah, so what, 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 just one second. Sam. Hold it. I know I feel really bad for you. you go. I, I've never seen a man squirm in his seat as much as Sam, you know, in that, that rat where I'll he's get, like, let me out of bro. He's like the medical, let me out of, let me go. But just before, flats. Any right, let quick, him go. Quick, let him go. quick, quick interjections Honestly, let him where we go. go. All right, Sam, let him off go. you go then. Let him go. go. Let him go. Frito, Frito, Frito. <laughs> One, let's not put words in my mouth. I'm not arguing for utopia. I never said it was perfect, right? And I would say the goalposts I put down were correct. Hog came back. His play styles never did. The kind of flanking off-angle hog where you go take an angle, you can't do that anymore. That's what I was arguing, right? You can balance the hero and make it very, very strong, and then it just overwhelms every other tank. I never said that hog would never be pickable i said he wouldn't get his play styles back the same with the flanking ball that was about displacement a lot of time now it's kind of one-dimensional you go in and dive number two we talked tank synergies being the most op i disproved that in my video support synergies and stacking supports were always the most oppressive thing in overwatch one and i broke down in every single meta that was to sustain heavy we broke it down piece by piece and a lot of the pros agree that it wasn't the tank synergies that did that and i'm not necessarily saying that the tank synergies overwhelming everything was the issue either because guess what a lot of the tanks that were comboing together were actually killable in the first game right the only tank comp that you couldn't kill that the synergies were op were double shield that was a balance issue right tank wasn't cute at all for a couple reasons one the experience towards the end was completely different and was ruined by bad balance and i'm not saying like Again, I'm not trying to argue for Utopia. I've never argued for the Utopia. But the reality is, when a problem become, comes in front of us, like right now, the counter-swapping in 5v5, right? That objectively is caused by the format. I'm not trying to argue or move a goalpost. That just simply is what happened. And I'm just pointing it out to be what it is and saying if you want it to change, it must be 6v6 or an open queue format where you can choose the second tank so that there is some a, a little bit of difference in what's allowed to be picked and what isn't. So... You know, I, I would say I'm still right about the immortalities. I'm still right about Hog not getting those playstyles back. Is it necessarily a better game? I personally think it is, because this is where it's my subjective view, right? So I appreciate your candidness, and I think you're right, but also don't speak for me when, you know, I'm not arguing for utopia. And that's something that a lot of people do when they try to approach this argument, is they kind of beat around the bush when the reality is the core issue that we're trying to say is very, very simple here. These issues in this game were caused by Fabi5. The bad queue times in Overwatch 1, the game was abandoned, everybody was waiting for the sequel, they never sat down and attempted to actually fix these issues via balance because they were balance issues, right? If you go back in time to when we were in Overwatch 1, nobody would have brought up 5v5. Nobody would have brought up removing the other tank. It was a brand new thing, and you can go look at their video when they announced it, which I'm going to drop my video here soon, and I, I, I am glad you got your chance to speak on it because I don't think that you and I have had the chance to have the, the fair discourse to where I think a lot of people were giving you a lot of grief that I didn't appreciate either because I was like, no, you don't know Frito. You don't know how we have these conversations. Like, that's not how he and I are. And that's why we've been such good friends for a while because we get to butt heads and clash ideas and that's what makes good ideas come. It's not easy, right? They have to bash. They have to clash. And that's how we get the best possible outcome, right? But just to, to add on to that, I think... Every big video that's come out from guys like Iron, who worked very hard in his video, I think Hawks tried to make his from mine talking about this. The, the idea and the gaslighting is what it is from not you, but a lot of other people trying to say it was all the tank synergies, it was all that. When the support combos and the immortalities that denied value and AoE healing were what caused every single one of these big metas. And there wasn't a, a patch that came in to address any of it because I'm not going to blame Team 4. We'll put that. It's very clear that that was upper ends of Activision just kind of trying to make one dev team do four things at once that just was impossible, right? Um, 
I, I think that's all I had to say. I, that we went on for a while there. There was a lot of different things that I want to talk about. But again, you might just prefer this iteration of the game compared to me, which is fine. That's why I haven't gotten on my horse and been like, you are wrong. My issue is not with people who prefer 5v5. My issue is with people who are making the claims and saying, sorry, my issue is not with the people. It's with the claims that are inaccurate as to why 5v5 is better. That's my issue, right? And I'm staying on the hog goalpost. His playstyles are gone. He just gets obliterated. And in, in 6v6, more of these heroes could get picked. And I think that's a better game when you have more options on the table that are actually viable picks. And it's about how you play, what you do. And those gameplay loops that diversified the game in 6v6 are still not back to this day, primarily for the tank role. I think DPS and support they're still very, very similar. And I think DPS get more space on the map. They kind of fill that off-tank role to take those bigger angles. And with the bigger health pools, they are a little bit better at forcing that space on the side. But it, it's still... I like a game with a higher ceiling. 6v6 had a higher ceiling. I haven't touched tank. And also, Q, let's talk Q times for a second, because I did forget this SVB. I'm going to go on Q times for a second as well. DPS queues were instant for a while. And they showed with Season 7, when a role becomes powerful and it has appealing strength to it, like support, support was the highest queued role with the longest queue times for a while in this game. So if you want to make queue times better, in order for role queue to have good queue times, each role has to feel equally rewarding, right? Tank wasn't like that for years because the tanks that were good overwhelmed Reinhardt. They over well, Winston Double Bubble was good for a while, but you need a lot of execution. And it was brain dead easy, like the Moira you complained about today, which I think you're right about. Brain dead easy for somebody to just use an immortality field, bash you as Brig, and deny all your value just by one button. It was a shitty experience. Everybody knows this. It's still shitty now. So if we want to accept 5v5, that's fine. I'm okay with that. However, we also have to accept that every time we come on this podcast, Flats is going to come out here and say tanking is shit. It's because tanking is shit. It is by far the least experience, least fun experience in Overwatch 2. And if we're committed to this and the queue times cause us and we can't get around that, that's fine. But people better globally accept no matter how you balance this game, that will not change. Unless you go to like some kind of preferred roll queue. Because again, I liked roll queue and I, I, I've had Nateson in my ear trying to open queue it up to me a little bit. And I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. That's a way to solve it. But... You know, I, that, that, I, I'm not sure if I answered a lot of the, the points you brought up, but I, I will stand and, and say I never argued for a Utopia I, about the goalposts moving and putting my foot down. I'm still right about that. Those playstyles have not come back. Even if the hero is individually strong, and it's very hard to point at Overwatch 1 and blame the tanks when there was a, so many different variables that caused people to not play Overwatch 1 anymore. Um, I don't think it's fair to blame all that on just tank synergies, in my opinion, in 6v6. Okay. I would like to respond if possible. I don't want this to go on forever for the whole show. You can respond to the last word after this. It's just like there's no, some no, things no, that you go. I think you go. help. You can finish it. You can finish it because I got I'm to asking finish for my permission video. from SVB on this. Yeah, so okay. uh, I'm just going to again pause and say, Flats, any quick interjections? Uh, I, I want to go with the end. I, I, I think, okay, because so many people are like, Flats, fucking talk. With Shut the fuck up. I am very in the middle. I'm very in the middle. I think there's goods and both bads to both sides. I want to hear all of your arguments on both of them before I say anything. Okay, thank Smart. you. Freedom. Something I forgot to say earlier. Um, if you try to make the claim that 5e5 creates solo tank metas, you should not be making the claim that counterpicking is a huge problem. Which one is it? These are mutually exclusive ideas. Either we're counterpicking a lot or only one tank is viable. 
you're not realizing that you can't say both at the same time. Doesn't make sense. I do another, you know, again, backing up before I just like pounce and just, you know, trash on this. Obviously, me and Sam agree on a lot of things. 6v6 did have a higher ceiling. There, there, you know, support synergies are a problem as well. There's, there's like a lot of things that we could agree on. So we're only really focusing on the uh, minutia of this. But um, I, I think, and we'll let the audience try to pay close attention when Sam makes a definitive statement. Something is the case. Did it multiple times. Where is the data of any of this? Because from my memory, and I think factually. Q times were always bad for damage for the entire game of Overwatch 1. Everyone wanted to play it, and no format did we ever have enough tank players. Never. It was always the case that we were shorthanded on that role, making, you know, the, the uh, yeah. So that's the case. Let's see. What else have we got here? Um, I mean, I disagree about the support synergies, because I think if we ask any random player of Overwatch, do they care more in Overwatch 1, let's say, do they care more what their supports were playing or if they had Reinhardt? Because a lot of you guys forget for the experience of 95% of the player base, maybe tank was one character, Reinhardt. That's it. You either had one or you didn't know how to play the game. And the gap between the playability of that versus 5v5 is huge. Going free to play now, most players can kind of jump in and sort of get the flow of what's going on with the game. Back then, it was miserable to play any other type of comp I mean, they still don't necessarily know how to play dive, for, for example, but the gap between that is is very much fixed. And we have a shooter game as opposed to we better have a MOBA, a couple MOBA characters. Like, everybody wants the tank synergy in front of them. It, feel, it feels great. Oh, my tanks have synergy. The game's great. And the grab combos, six-man shatters. Everything's wonderful. But most of the game wasn't that. It was, what the hell is my tank doing? Gosh, I wish he was on Reinhardt. My experience sucks. So the we, we can argue about the top tier experience flats is going to pout for the next six years about the tank experience doesn't like getting discorded you know, we, could, we could tweak that I, I, I agree with a lot of that but i'm advocating for the plats okay i what's what's the uh i'm the the dr seuss guy who's the little guy with the yeah, the hat uh, isn't it no, no, the orange guy. The, I speak for the trees, okay? I speak for the plats, that, that guy. Lorax. The, Lorax, there you go. I'm the Lorax, and I'm also the shortest among you guys. You know, I, I like being on the podcast because I can shout into the mic and look as tall as you. When we meet up in person, I feel like a dwarf, okay? Especially like the plats. He's like We're actually close. 10 feet tall. Um, anyway, honestly, if Reinhardt was a real person, I think he would treat flats like his big older brother. That's how big flats is in real life. Okay. You don't really get the sense of scale on the webcam. It's like, anyway. Um, so uh, I, I think, let's see, where, where are we at here? We asked for counter swapping in Overwatch 1. The community did. We said counter swapping sucks. It doesn't work. They have a comp we don't. I can't counter it. What do we do? The devs created it like this on purpose and are making it better. So we have to just accept that, that, that it's going to be part of the game forever it's part of the format i think we could tweak the format to make it less oppressive and annoying and reliable and strategical as opposed to just you know rock paper scissors but it was supposed to be part of the game design to begin with and i think you should be careful because oftentimes you define things as correct based on your opinion as opposed to maybe the devs vision for the game which they create it they kind of get to define what it is or for the average player so when we kind of we're, we're equivocating and getting into the weeds of like well yeah, Hog's really good, but I, I what I meant was his playstyle. No, 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 no. You don't get to do that. You don't get to redefine what, what, what being good is. What well, you're, do that. 
I said it's yeah, a split but I said that. You don't get again, to my okay, 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 okay. I'm okay, gonna step okay. in here. I'm gonna step in here. I'm gonna step in here for a sec. I'm gonna moving the goalpost. I'm gonna step in here for a second just because. We're going to try and keep this to a discussion about the points of what is better, 66-55. Not necessarily arguing for getting, like, Samido per se. Like, I, I don't, I'm not so concerned what Samido's takes were or weren't. It's more about what is better for the game. So we'll stick to what is better for the game. Okay, so we have a counterpicking game. That's part of it. If a character can function in the counterpicking game and be useful, that makes it good. It, we can say we would rather it be something else. But that's not working within the system that we're operating in. We're, we're, when I say utopia, I'm not saying you're going to think all your ideas are perfect. That's not what I mean. What I mean is we're trying. If you don't operate within that system, we're imagining that a, we should just have an entirely different system. We don't. We have a counterpick game. So if a character is a good counterpick, it's a good hero. It functions within the system they created. I don't, I don't try to tell them and dictate to them how they should design the entire game. I just want them to balance the game they actually want to make, which is counterpick gameathon. And that's kind of what they wanted Overwatch 1 to be, frankly. And a lot of us asked that to be good, and they made it good. So, uh, yeah, I think we just should be looking for data for a lot of these claims. And I don't think you have it. Like, two times are bad forever in 6v6. I think I said that already. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's pretty much it. Like, I'm, I'm happy with that. I can't really remember what's been said fully, but I, I, yeah. Overall, okay. I, I do like 5v5 better. I am a player that likes to counterpick. I think a lot of players like that too. The playability of the shooter game itself is is better now. Too much of 6v6 was not a shooter game, and we were praying that we would get some MOBA players in to fill the queue times, and that never happened for six years. So while maybe the peak beauty of the competitive eSport game Overwatch 6v6 has higher potential, would agree on that for sure, we just did not have the player base to sustain that long term and 5v5 is sustainable and has been sustainable and the queue time argument about supports agree with that as well broken roll having a broken roll is probably not good for the game regardless but um i think that also only really applies for high tier uh matchmaking when i say high tier i mean maybe like top five percent i'm not exactly sure if even when support was broken if it was the most popular like we, we have to be careful having a overly high level focus on this because what matters just as much is the queue times for quick play, the queue times for the 70% of players that play this that, you know, are just trying to have fun. Those queue times were not necessarily as bad as even when support was broken. I think I, I could be wrong on that, but my queue times are always a minute on every role. Just about, I know Sam shows us his queue times and cause he's the best you know, God's gift to overwatch in many ways that every role that your queue yeah. times, even for queue time uh, for uh, quick player along. But I, I, I think, yeah. Um, it's got to function for all players, and I think this version of the game can. Okay. Thank you. And, of course, this is not to say this is the final word. By no means is it the final word on the topic, but it's it's a good summation, and I think you guys, guys have done a good job actually keeping it pretty brief, so I respect that you did. Uh, heartwarming moment for me because I appreciate just the exchange of ideas here, uh, and Sam in particular, I feel like you kept it very respectful, so I appreciate you and... I just, I love that, that we can have these healthy exchange of ideas and I love all three of you guys, even though we've had one silent partner for a while. So I'm going to take it to him for a little bit. Flats, you've heard now two sides of the argument. I've got, I've got another thing coming in a second, but you tell me, what did you feel about all of that as, as someone in the middle? It's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, to be honest with you. Uh, I think there's some points that are maybe being like either misconstrued or misremembered. Um, I think one of the great points is like queue times, right? Uh, 
few times in Overwatch 1 were very long for especially DPS players. That's how we kind of got like the React video meta, um, where everyone would just watch videos in queue. You'd watch Daily Dose Internet and food videos or whatever. Um, but even today, like, hell, like, I'm not even that high ranked anymore. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I guess I'm like top 100, top 500, but like, fuck, that's like Masters 1 right now, which is kind of embarrassing, but whatever. Um, but the point is, though, it's like, you my queue times, like, playing are still like three, four, five, six, seven minutes duo queue with car, with car queue, and car queue's not super high rank either. Um, so queue times are not like they're instant anymore, like, at this current stage for any role. Um, and going to 6v6, I think, would probably make it even longer for the DPS and support. But then again, support had super long queues not too long ago when the role was broken. Um, so I think it depends on a lot of different things. Uh, you know, and it, it's like, what is fun? And and tank just ain't it. Like, it's just not fun. Like, tank, people play tank because they enjoy playing tank either in Overwatch or other games. And it's always been the role that people played the least because... At the end of the day, Overwatch is a competitive FPS, like a first-person shooter. And most people in first-person shooters want to shoot things. Um, that is the appeal, and that's okay, and that's what it is. Um, but at the same time, though, the experience is just so bad that, like, I, you know, we make arguments that, like, you know, in Overwatch 1, you know, you had to play the Reinhardt guy. Dude, that happens in Overwatch 2. Like, most of the low-ranked players play Reinhardt. That's why, that is actually the number one reason why, that was at least quoted to me, is why they can't really change a lot of things with Ryan, even though he's fucking terrible in higher ranks. It's, like, even though his pick rate's low and, like, people, like, he's just not good, is he's so good in the metal ranks that if they buffed him, they would dominate. And, like, they couldn't kill him. Because... That's just how the game is played in there, and it's still played like that to this day. Um, so I don't totally uh, agree with that, but at the same time, though, there's also a lot of good points of, like, you know, you love the tank synergy when it's on your team, but you hate when you get the fucking, you know, Zarya hog and don't know what they're goddamn doing. Um, but there's also a lot of merit in the fact that the balance philosophies of Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2 are very, very, very different. We never would have got these passives that we have today in Overwatch 1, and I believe Jeff Kaplan's, you know, himself, his philosophy with Jeff Goodman back in the day was to be slower with patches and let the community just figure it out. And so, like, they were kind of right sometimes where we'd be like, yeah, it's double shield, it's double shield. And then, like, two months later, you'd, you'd start to play some double bubble and whatnot. But at the same time, it was so slow. It was so ass. It was so fucking terrible that, like, it felt like shit, right? Um... And I bet even in today, I bet even today, like if we had slower balance patches, I bet things would slowly change. Like people would figure out like certain comps are better, you know, like, oh, you know, over time we figured out like, okay, this comp is slightly better. We could play it, but it doesn't feel good for a, a, a modern day FPS game. And when, if you look back at actually Siegel's State of Overwatch 2020 video, if you look at all of his points, we're actually at the exact opposite right now. Um, like, ge like genuinely, like all his points of things that were good. Today's Overwatch is the opposite. Um, and like one of them, you know, was like fast patches. That was actually when they had kind of finally said, "All right, we give up. We're, we we admit it. We're gonna do faster patches every two weeks." And that was what they did for about three or four months. And then they said, "We gotta go work on Overwatch 2. Sorry about that. Good luck." Um, so like, at the same time, I can't help but sit there and go, "Well." Even today's Overwatch could probably technically be better if they patched a little bit quicker. Because um, I think the once a month format's too fucking slow. And they might sit there and they point like, well, you know, when we do a new big balance patch at the beginning of the season, we'll make quick adjustments like within a week or two if we need to. I'm like, yeah, but that's 
that's just like panic adjustments like okay we fucked up something like that's that should be and maybe i'm a little bit selfish for this standard that if you like fuck something up really badly that you gotta fix it you know what i mean so like but that doesn't also take away the fact that the game needs to be shifted up constantly and i don't think 5v5 has had the fair chance for that but i also think that 6v6 uh in a lot of ways you know made tank feel better um and i'm not advocating for it in any way shape or form uh but at the same time like i'm not really sure how you solve the counter picking thing and i think sam is right that there isn't and i i also want to reiterate and go back is yes going into overwatch 2 they did say they wanted to get rid of counter picking i know that it's like they they've changed their stance whatnot because the reason behind that uh, and I know, like, it was like, well, I'm not sure if they said it exactly. I can give you the reason why they said that was because of heroes behind the battle pass. And that was supposed to be people's argument was if counterpicking so important in Overwatch, heroes behind the battle pass is going to make the game less competitive. And they said, no, we're going to make competitive. We're going to make counter swapping less important. And that's the point. And like, yeah, they walked it back later and they said, oh, yeah, we're going to we're actually not, you know, we were naive for that. But heroes are still behind the battle pass. And the whole selling point behind that was to get rid of that that was their point so i don't i don't necessarily uh i don't necessarily think just because they changed their philosophy it means they're right like i think they say things very often that are just fucking stupid uh, i'll give you an example and i and i love jared i think he's a cool dude uh but like when they said that they don't compete with other fps games whoa the f what the fuck are you talking about like apex put their patch out the same day as you for a reason like they're fighting with you they want to they're competing for the same audience of the free-to-play fps seasonal players who go play apex they go play valorant they go play fortnite uh they go play like whatever the new flavor of the month is whether it's like the finals or whatever those are your player base that like they come and go quite often they fight for you and it's like they say like oh like we're not competing that's true and i think we have to sometimes sit there and go yeah just because they said something doesn't mean it's gospel um that being said between 5v5 and 6v6 i think there's arguments on both sides that they have never been given the full treatment because i think 6v6 could absolutely work if it was given the same attention of the today's overwatch team because overwatch from 2017 even 2018 onwards really didn't get much attention uh it was very much kind of left to its own the hero patch cycle slowed down significantly the, the cycle of heroes we have today is 2016 2017 overwatch 2018 2019 it had slowed down significantly so like even right now we're back to the beginning we're not even faster than overwatch was in back in the, like the glory days we're at the same fucking pace so it's not like today's like oh we have so much more content or whatever like, yes, there's other pieces of content, but it's the same as old Overwatch. So if we talk about balance and we talk about 6v6 and we talk about, you know, the pain points of the game outside of queue times, I don't think it was given a fair shot. And I think today's Overwatch would give it a much better shot than it once was given. That being said, though, I don't think it's the, the end-all be-all because it will definitely create problems just again. Q times will be insane. Tank diffs will feel terrible. Um, I, 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 but I, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say, I would like to see one of the quick play hacked be a six v six for a couple days, and just let it rip. See what fucking happens. Like, cook up a patch for a couple months. You know, like on the side, something small. Like, you know what I mean? Something to readjust it. Send it for a, like 
you know what? I know, like, they, you know what? Set it for a fucking week. Don't care. Like, they, I know they said in the last blog, like, oh, we're going to do quick play hacks in, like, smaller formats. Don't care. This isn't completely changing, like, the the actual pace, like, the pace of the game. It's changing the way it's played entirely. And, like, plaster. It's like, this is a one-week-only thing. We just want to try it, you know, see how it goes. I don't care. Go If you're really scared, put it in the experimental card. If you're really fucking scared. But, like, why not give it a shot? Because I think you said something for you that I actually have agreed with for a very long time. And it's like, why are we even talking about the 6v6 argument? It's not happening. And you know what? I sit here and I think to myself, why is that? Why have we all just accepted that as gospel of, like, it's been too long. We're not going back. Why not? This Overwatch team has actually said, has actually proven that they're willing to walk back bad changes. And I believe in them. I really do. I think this Overwatch team is much better than, you know, but I don't want to say much better than, I guess. I want to say, like, they're much more interactive and much more uh, active in communicating and they're willing to try shit than Overwatch in the past. And I, I believe that, that if they truly believed that they were making a mistake and something wasn't actually being good for the game, they would change it. So, you know what? I think I'm gonna. I'm still a little bit more in the middle, but I'm not gonna lie. I I, I think I've warmed up a little bit more to six v six as time has gone on, just because counter swapping is so terrible, uh, and I don't think it is genuinely fixable. Um, but I'm not saying we like you know like oh bring back six v six. I would just like to see it tried. I just like to see it tried again and see if we can rem like, you know, because if I go back and play two CP, I remember instantly why I don't want to play two CP. Would the same thing happen with six v six? I don't know. Mm, mm. Now here's the can of worms you've opened. Uh, I'm gonna. I know. I'm sure Frito and Samito have a lot of thoughts on that. What you, everything you said. I think firstly you did a great job, but I, but I'm gonna chime in now. So <laughs> I think you did a great job summarizing a lot of the the fair both sides points, and I agree with a lot of them. I think I'll respond to the last thing you said first about like put it in a quick play hack, and I I agree with your I agree with you 100 that I think this new dev team would do any change if they thought that's what was best for the game and the community wanted it. Because they genuinely have shown, with, within reason, within reason, like, you know, if we were like, hey, make everything in the game free, they would be like, well, sorry, we yeah, can't do that. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but um, they, they have shown a willingness to experiment with a lot of ideas and even just the format changes that they're seemingly willing to make. And the things they've said, they're open to trying, right? They're like, oh, we're trying hero bands. We're trying removing counter swapping a little bit. We're trying, like, we, we, you guys said we don't like burst. We've raised everyone's health pools. We've, you know, we've done this. We've nerfed supports. We've nerfed healing. So they, they are willing to do everything that we are, like, pointing as pain points. My only question is it's a philosophical step that, like, it, it ushers in a new era that it's a little bit dangerous. Because I think that the, the problem with, like, putting 6v6 in a quick play hack for even a week is there's no way people won't like it unless they handle it terribly the nostalgia will just dominate like people will be like yes the two tanks that i wanted the synergy that i wanted amazing i finally got my ryan's art like no one's gonna min max this the the 6v6 quick play hacked they're gonna run ryan zarya they're gonna be like oh shit i get to try <laughs> ramatra doomfist right they're gonna try all the fun things that they want to try it's gonna be a delightful experience and then they're going to go back to the desk and be like, all right, now make it a thing in the game and balance it. And we're back to where the fuck we are right now, which is like, as you said, I think there is merits to both of them. And I'm also like someone who's like, there's merits to... Honestly, here's my take now. I think you could make anything work in Overwatch. I think give, give people with enough knowledge of the game, time, a few balance patches and the resources, 
and they could make just about any format work, right? They could make 6v6 work, they could make 5v5 work, they could make open queue work. So I don't really stress about that part. I think, you know, I, I would, I 100% trust, I get, if I gave like Sam and Hulk and a bunch of these guys who are passionate, they'd make a stellar 6v6 patch and it would work. But ultimately, the way I view the game is the, the two things that we should prioritize above and you know, above and beyond everything else is like, is it playable and is it what the players are seeking? And what I mean by playable is queue times. We'll go back to this. It's not a sexy argument, queue times. It's really not. But it is ultimately perhaps the most important argument is like, we forget that before roll queue, queue times were barely a thing because all you needed was just to match someone in your elo. Like, you had one SR and like five people, like, you know, all you need to grab 10, 12 people who are diamond, boom, you've got a lobby. Adding roll queue immediately added a bunch of queue times. And we know empirically that it became a problem because they wouldn't have needed added priority passes if it wasn't a problem. Like, priority passes were fucking awful. And let me describe them because there's probably a lot of you who don't even know what the fuck they were, which is that like, you ticket used to, farmers. Ticket farming. So basically, they had this system that they added because nobody wanted to play tank in, in the towards the end of Overwatch 1 for the last, like, two years or something. There would be a role, whatever role was the least picked, always, literally always, I don't remember a single time seeing this not be tank. If you picked the role that was the least picked or you flex queued, they would give you priority passes. And you would get, I think it was like, they changed the number a little bit, but I think it was two for a loss and six for a win. And... A priority pass, if you queued with a priority pass, would increase your queue time. Or decrease your queue time, decrease, sorry. So, yeah, decrease your queue time. So that And basically it became, you needed to have a priority pass if you really wanted to play realistically DPS and sometimes supports, depending on what was being played. You basically, if you queued up DPS without a priority pass, you were in for like a 20 plus minute queue time. You were smoking. You weren't going to play the game. So people had to like lock tank begrudgingly. They'd lock Hog, AFK, like off in the back line somewhere, doing not nothing for the team. And they'd get two passes even at a loss. And six, if they, you know, sometimes you just get an auto win, right? You just farm your six passes and now you got six games of DPS. So the queue times are just a big, 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 big issue. And it's, I think, something that, like, we underestimate. It's, like, problem for, like, what it causes, especially for the more the casual you are, the more it's a problem. Even I, like... I decide what I play by the queue times. I don't like sitting in queue times. So, like, if, if support is the least pick roll, I pick support. If tank's the least pick roll, I pick tank. Because I want to play Overwatch. I've launched this game to play Overwatch, not to sit in queue for another five minutes. Which a lot of our competitors, to go back to Flats Point, don't have that problem. Like, it's yeah. really fast going into Apex. It's really fast going into most Warzone. other... Morezone or any of these battle rounds really fast. And, you know, a lot of other games would be like 1v1 or something, and they're fast too. And, you know, Valorant is fast. So, you don't want your players sitting in queue times because they're not playing the game and they're bored. So, whatever practice queue times, A, is good. And B, it's just like, give people a fun playing experience. <laughs> and so, we arrive at my hot fucking take. Open queue is the way. 5v5 open queue, but with a cap of 2 max per roll. That's what I want to see tried in a quick play hacked. Because I think what it gives you is no queue times. And B, the flexibility to pick these different comps, right? If you want your tank duo, you can have a tank duo. And you can have and that way I think also the benefit is each each of the three roles kind of competing with each other rather than what happened in original open queue, 
which is the DPS CDS. Yeah, CDS DPS ceased to exist, right? You you were never gonna get a DPS pick, or if you were actually going by what happened in Plat, it was like four DPS. In like theory, the Overwatch it, videos. Did you remember seeing those where it's like the animated shorts by? I, for, I forget. I think. Oh god, I forget what it was, but they were really funny. I, I agree with you, SVB. You, you have to finish. Sorry, I want to yeah. Go. So I think like you get the flexibility, and you're gonna get at least a DPS, and also you get basically the the wider state of the meta balance is more apparent, right? It's like if support is the strongest role, people are always picking two supports, and you know like two of something else, and one like whatever the one is, you're getting told this is the weakest role buff this role or like buff the characters in this role so i i think obviously there will it will come with its own problems it will come with its own downsides but my hot take is that's what i want to see experimented with small queue times still 5v5 which brings some also like wider benefits of like other games like most other games are also 5v5 the server load is increased with 6v6 like lots of little small things that like are are realistic and less players in the lobby means quicker matches again 5v5 open queue max two of any role that's my hot take. Peace out. Thank you very much. Samido Frito, anything you want to say? Yeah, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So so when undoubtedly it is the case that uh, two tanks synergizing together is mm -hmm. the most oppressive way to play your format, because we've already seen your format. Like The reason why we asked for 2-2-2 two, two, two is because it was the pro format in open queue 6v6. Everyone just assumed that's the most efficient way to play the game. And players that... 99 percentile i don't know everyone who tried to play quick play in back in the open queue format couldn't get two tank players because it's the least popular role so they had to force it to be roll queue just so that you could feel like you had the pieces to even play the game it, it, it would be like this if you're like i play chess with you svb and based on the whims of my uh uh pieces they pick the pieces I have and like your pieces choose to be all queens and I my mine for whatever reason like pawns because pawns are cooler and have a nice shape to them right like th that that's the system we had basically and one step further what I would say is what we're going to realize is what you're describing is just the same 6v6 problems we always had and the real thing we need to do is the picking format counter picking as well as uh, how we draft heroes selecting them it being free pick is the more obvious thing that is actually the issue because we can limit counter picking in the current version or how you freely select things selecting the heroes was the problem in every single case they try to force you down a lane with roll queue but uh you know no matter what we have the same issue yeah it, so it, oh, most importantly how would mm -hmm. it improve the gameplay experience right because we always have rose tinted glasses on this now that you have all the tools to play we're worried about counterpicking, which at least is a thing you can contribute to no matter what role you're, you're on. Whereas in those days, there was no counterpicking because you just lost. There, there, was, there was no point. They have two tanks, you don't. Okay, well, well, you lose instantly. And I know you feel like you lose instantly now. Yes, but there's always like a way you can get some value somewhere. You might still lose, but it, there's a big difference between no value and some value, but still losing. We forget those days of no value ever because two tanks synergizing can literally deny all damage. Let me say that again. Two tanks synergizing can literally deny 100% of damage where you maybe have one guy playing Roadhog, King, like you're saying, and none, nobody on that team can play. Is that really the world we want? Or do we want everyone to be able to kind of contribute and at least, like, lose while shooting at the enemy at some point? Sorry, no, I, no, yeah. I, I know you wanted I mean, to talk this, there, and I, I kept yeah, going, yeah, but. no, 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 it's totally valid. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't want to turn this into a whole another discussion, so I'll, I'll just keep it brief. 
in that nothing will have its uh, flawless thing, as we've already we've already established with the 66 thing too. But I think the difference with this versus pure open queue is you have to have at least you know one tank. You're opting you're opting into each of the roles, and it's coming at the cost of something else. So if your team if their team has two tanks, well they don't have two supports maybe, or they don't have two DPS. And so unlike in open queue where it's like you have to pick two or role queue where you have to pick two tanks, but they'll pick two shit tanks. Versus now, if they're like, I don't want to pick tank, well, at least you can pick a quote-unquote meta DPS that you want to pick. And that can have value. And if it doesn't have value, then we know that like, okay, we need to buff the DPS role. Versus like, I'm just going to pick the two worst tanks because I have to pick a tank. So, I think that's a benefit. Uh, I forgot what the other points were about. I think I think ultimately what it what it, the biggest thing that I championed for, and I'm also very open. Oh yeah, I'm a huge fan of the draft idea, so I'm also open to the draft idea. As you know, we've discussed it before. I love Dota. I've been grinding Dota with Jake and Fitzy every every night after I've stopped playing Overwatch. We play for like two or three hours. They're fucking goaded and they're teaching me. Um, so I'm all for the draft. But I think what I like about this is that what I think most people nostalgize about early Overwatch is the flexibility, is the like. I want to be able to pick whatever I want, man. I don't want to be restricted by the game. And that, like, constricting feeling, I think, is what, like... I'd rather a less, quote-unquote, balanced game and a less, quote-unquote, competitive game that's freer and more open, no pun intended with the open queue, than a game that's, like, constricting but balanced, if that makes sense. So... I just can't agree. No. Like, like, okay, what do you... What do you imagine... Okay, it's going to be a kind of complicated question, but also a simple one. Mm -hmm. What do you imagine Overwatch is? What is the video game overwatch what would you categorize it as i think it's a game where you pick your favorite fucking heroes and you run around the map and you shoot each other or whatever you chase each <laughs> other i i, I think like okay. there's a yeah it's just like I, I think fundamentally what it boils down to is it's like it's way more about the heroes than anything else and it's about playing what heroes you like you find fun so it's like you pick a hero you run around and you shoot so i okay if this was Four to six months ago, I would agree. But I feel like they're going back down the competitive route again. Like, they want to make Overwatch competitive. Like, they have said, they've looked at the writing on the wall and said, there's a lot of people that are casual about this game, and they will continue to be casual about this game till the end of fucking time. But they've lost the, like, luster of what was originally Overwatch with Overwatch 2 launching. And I wouldn't be surprised if their player numbers are way down. Like across the board. Yeah, they lost China and stuff like that. So it's like, it's hard to tell how much actually came down. Cause like when you lose an entire, entire fucking region and it's, it's that big, like, of course the numbers are going to look lower, but I feel like there's probably a lot less people that are playing now than at the start. Right. And what do people want out of a, a shooter FPS game? Yes. Overwatch is a MOBA shooter. Like it's like a hybrid, but it's like, what do they want out of it? Like, do they want the game to be just like run around the map and just have a good time or to like they want people to try to win and like if we've seen what they saw about quick play right like which i just personally disagree with but like they said like they want quick play to be like a sweaty experience right so like by that logic if they want even quick play to be super sweaty they want the game to be a competitive experience right and a competitive experience isn't just picking your favorite, picking whatever hero and running around the map. That would be old Overwatch because, as Sam was saying earlier, where you could play almost any hero and make it work. That's not what Overwatch is right now. It's playing to win at all times. And so, with a lot of the stuff that's being like kind of like proposed here, would remove 
any sense of competitiveness of the game. And it's like, not any sense of it, sorry, it would lessen it by quite a bit. Um, and, and, and where it was six months ago and like the route they were going, yeah, like that was their decision. But like, it does not appear to be the decision anymore. Like they've kind of like, it looks like they've went, we want to make Overwatch a competitive game again. We want to make it competitive, like, and everything, even even esport, like they're starting over. Like they completely are starting over, and like we're fuck it, we're gonna build this shit back up from the ground up. And like it's just starting now, so like we'll see how it goes. And I think there's a lot of skepticism, deservedly. Um, but even to people I've talked to in like other games and other areas of like look at Overwatch sort of favorably at the moment. It's like it has a good potential, and I think it would be a massive mistake to not at least give it a shot trying to be a competitive fps again um because like what do you have right now you have apex which outside of its competitiveness like its competitive scene is dog shit most of the time i don't know about this season i know they made a bunch of big changes this season i haven't kept up but pre prior to this season most people thought apex was pretty dog shit outside of its competitive scene and when the competitive scene wasn't playing nobody wanted to play nobody wanted to watch valorant is starting to go down that route as well where their competitive scene is what people are looking forward to, and when it's not playing, they drop quite a bit. Fortnite, I'd say, is an exception, where uh, it used to have a very, very good competitive scene, and then it kind of fell off a bunch, uh, but they've made a lot of changes back to the game and like made it more casual-friendly again. Uh, but again, like its competitive scene is starting to have a little bit of a, a, a renaissance. Like It's not crazy yet. It's not like old Fortnite, don't get me wrong. But like they're trying to make it... like two separate things like they have the the free mode like the the no build which is for casuals and then they have build which is like they're competitive right and so they've built a game where they can have both we can't we can't pick one we have to pick one like we they can have both they have the money <laughs> like that's just you know like they're the, they're the rich kid on the block they get to have everything we don't and i think it would be a mistake not to just keep fucking rolling and going down that competitive route um because like that's the decision they've made and if they want to go all in one last time go for it because overwatch can always always be a casual game that you just turn on run around the map on winston and make funny noises you know what i mean but open open queue is exists we we have it now yeah but, but it's, it's not, not balance and also whenever they, they didn't balance abilities it just lowered was everything. it ever <laughs> yeah okay. yeah, yeah, yeah this, this one's even more though. like this one's even more like a you have your main dish, and then you have your fries on the it's, side. Yeah. You know Anytime you relegate a mode to the side, it's never going to be taken seriously. I'll just respond to a flat yeah. set because I think it's a fair point. Um, and obviously, this is where you know your philosophical desires for what the game could or should be is is going to be the thing. I, I think you're right that they're changing, but I also think they're still searching. I don't think they've necessarily found because with the quick play hack, they also experimented with what if the game was quicker, because I think that's an eye to like they see the mar the gap i think they're looking for the gap in the market right they're like where will we slot in to like actually be the game that everyone wants to play and what they realize is like overwatch is quick it's faster than the other games right? it's faster than in theory it's faster than an apex game if you go all the way it's faster than the valorant game for sure by a mile it's faster than like a, a dota game or whatever other you know moba game it's way faster so i think they're searching and i personally don't believe in the competitive as a as the avenue like i don't and you know, Fleer will be like, don't plant your flag, SVB. I don't think the competitive will ever be the thing that Overwatch is like a hit for. The only thing it can be a hit for is the fun little game that it was at the start, where it was like not super serious, but just about fun heroes and exciting, cool people with back like amazing backstories. There's a lot of ways and to apply yourself as a character. I right. Think is well, the way to, a good way to put it. 
And like, just to round my point, then I want to hear Sam, because Sam, you haven't spoken in a while. I was just browsing, I think it was Reddit today, and it was like the list of Game of the Year winners. Sam, you used to love bringing this up. It was like the list super of interesting. Game of the Year winners for like the last 10 years or something. And it was like, started with like Dragon Age Inquisition. It was like Last of Us, Uncharted, Overwatch, God of War, Sekiro, and like some of all these like Zelda games. And the question was like, which of these is the worst or something like that? And all the comments were like, what the fuck is Overwatch doing in here? Like, this is a fucking trash game. And then people underneath that would be like, hold up, wait a minute. You guys are forgetting that on launch, Overwatch was an incredible game, revolutionary game, changed the entire FPS scene. It was so much fun. It was great when you could like walk around and do whatever. And then they were like, but then Activision sucks, blah, 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 blah. Activision, corrupt, <laughs> Classic, greedy, yeah. greedy, greedy, money, 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 whatever, right? That is the only way we're, only way we ever come back to, to the glory, if we can even ever do it, is if we tap into that sentiment of like, oh, I remember when I played 2016 Overwatch and it was just fun and free. And we may never get there. It's an impossible dream. But I, I personally don't think we'll ever get there being like the competitive game for the, the top 1% of the FPS like genre. I don't think we'll ever get there. 2016 Overwatch was still very competitive though. Like I would argue that most people who knew about Overwatch knew about its competitive scene more than anything. Like that was what they followed. They followed the six stacks of like your 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 NRGs and Seagull or or like you know like the 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 whole the memes of like you know they went to Korea. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the iconic shit that people know about. They don't know about running around the map on Symmetra and putting down turrets. They remember the big moments. And I would even look at this season's a good example where this season isn't the best season of Overwatch. It's way better than every season in the past, and there's a lot to improve upon. But even this rank system, right? They changed the rank system, the way it works. There are so many players, and streamers especially, and like, unfortunately, that's the best data I have at the moment, is players and streamers, because I don't have player numbers. I don't have player data. I've seen way more people playing this season than they've played in any other season. You have tons of people just like me that were always the 50-game Andes. I'd win my 50 games, and I'd piece the fuck out, and that was it. But now I have a reason and I want to play because you want to improve, you want to grind, you want to learn the new system, you want to climb the ranks. That has not happened any season before this. You just played your couple games and you pieced out. There was no care, there was no passion. And like we've talked about this in the past of with many other things, it's like it, the worst thing when a game is in the shitter is not just when people are shitting on it, but when people don't give a fuck. When, once it's apathy, it's GG. And I would argue that this is probably one of the first seasons where uh, people actually give a fuck about rank and they give it like I can't tell you how many little like drop fuckers come in my chat because of oh, god They drive me insane like the drop fuckers and, and they're like rank rank question mark rank 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 They care more than ever and it's like that hasn't happened with any season up until this point And it's like yes up until now overwatch's competitive scene has been in the shitter But also the the point people forget is like overwatch league killed it Overwatch League was fucking terrible for this game. Like, the people running it, not saying like the people working there, the players, coaches, you know, staff, those were all nice people. I, I worked in Overwatch League. I met a lot of those upper level people. They were fucking stupid. That's the legitimately the answer. They were stupid as fuck. And they isolated their player base from their pros. Like, every, every online community turned against pros. They were like, why are we balancing the game for pros? We don't even like them anyways. Blah, blah. That was not true up until 2018. Like, if fucking Seagull came out and said, mm, I think we should change this, that was fucking law. Like, it was like, yo, 
yep, well, that's what we're doing now. And it's like that didn't happen until they were isolated. And hell, even as a streamer now, on the opposite end, I can sit there and go, I didn't care about Overwatch League and I didn't like Overwatch League because Overwatch League didn't like me. Not personally, just saying like a streamer, because they didn't want us. They wanted all the numbers for themselves. They wanted to hoard everything in. And then once they were dying, they were like, oh, now we want to do co-streaming. But only on YouTube, you can't you can't have your channel monetized. And actually, we're going to DMCA strike you. We have to manually turn it off. And it's like, what? I don't want to fucking deal with your ass. Like, fuck you. And like, there was teams that tried to do well and they tried to sign creators. And like, I was with Mayhem and like, I always speak very well, highly of Mayhems. Like, they were awesome. Um, and it's like they tr and like teams like them in shock did their best. They did the best that they could, but they were bleeding millions of dollars, like bleeding. And there was no help because Activision Blizzard, it was just fucking raking it in every year off of those buy-ins and they were just drowning them. Like they, they killed it. The reason why competitive scene in Overwatch is dead is because of Overwatch League. Not because the production, not because of the, the, the way the show was done, but it went to YouTube to chase money. We had the best system on Twitch for any esports viewing experience with the past there was all these great things we had and they're all dead and the reason why we look to casual now is because it's like well it's successful i think that was the reason we could have been successful as an esport too but we fucked it up and if they're really willing to sit there and try again why not give it another shot because i'd argue right now is the weakest esports been in the last five years everybody's down bad and with everybody down bad is the best time to grow that's when i grew my stream in 2020 when overwatch was dying and that was when I became a streamer, when nobody else wanted to play this fucking game. It's the best time to make an impact, and we have a shot to do it. I would, yeah. I hope we don't give it up. Yeah, so I'll just respond. I, I know I said this last time, well, this is the last response, and I'm going to let Sam go, because, again, Sam's been very patiently. I, th I think I, I agree with a lot of your points, and I also think that, like, for any game to be popping, many of these elements have to be popping, right? Like, there's no way that any one singular thing will be the thing. Like, it won't be that the competitive is the thing or the casual is the thing. When a thing is when a thing is you know popular, all of its elements are popular, and I think I think that's where it comes down to. Like I don't view competitive as like not ranked. Like ranked is still like in my view would be fine in the casual thing. But I, when I say competitive, I mean like yeah, Overwatch League, the top one percent. And I think there is a danger of like conflating memory, like collective memories, with like the player experience. Like of course you're right. Like all the things we remember are those like. They're going, they, they took them to Korea and all these things. But, like, of course, I'm not going to remember what Joe Bloggs did on Symmetra. But they're going to remember that with their friends. Like, oh, you remember when we were in a three-stack and you played Hanzo and I played Symmetra and we did this dumb shit? So, like, of course, our memories are going to be to these shared moments that we had watching these top streamers and these top players who were also, at early Overwatch, of course, the pro players, right? Like, the, the streamers then were the pro players. So, of course, all the attention went there. Like, now... You and Emong and J3 and ML, like, you're not going to go pro. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, no, you'll play in the OWCS. But if they were like, come play Overwatch eight hours a day and scrim and VOD, you guys aren't going to do that. You're fucking yeah, going to have yeah. way better. You're going to have a way better time just streaming. Awesome. So, of course, your fun will remain in just playing Overwatch and playing with your friends and stacking like the normal average player. They're not going to try and compete to become the best Overwatch player in the world. And I don't think anyone really will. And even if we look at other games like League of Legends like of course League of Legends is world championship is very popular amongst its players but that's because the game is very popular and of course when you enjoy the game eventually you want to see the world championship who who doesn't right who doesn't want to see the world championship of the game they love but they're not going to come and fall like and everyone watched the world cup in Overwatch because even if it was in quote unquote a casual state it's great fun like it's it's just amazing I just don't think it'll be the primary motivator for people to to log on and like keep an interest in Overwatch. I don't think they'll come for the esport and stay. 
That's my personal opinion. I don't think there's a definitive answer either way, and hard for me to say, especially because I don't, I don't know the snaps, the stats of like what's going on. But I think they'll come for the game and follow the esports. I don't think they'll come for the esports and stay for the game if if they if the game isn't like fundamentally for them. That's that's right. my POV. I want before Sam. I want to let you go, Sam. I promise. Really quick. I know this in Apex because Apex is fucking dog shit outside of its e its esport. But anytime you watch high level insane Apex tournaments, it makes you want to get on and play the game. And oh, I'm you sure. have not the same experience, but a similar at least gameplay experience wise. You know, running through the zone, you know, looking for mats, stuff like that. Yeah, it's not one to one, but like it does a lot. It really, really, really does. And I think some if we look at the most popular FPS games that are right now still thriving, they're all very competitive. We're the only one that's not. Sam, go ahead. What a damn good show today, fellas. This is why this is the best podcast in Overwatch. I'll say it. I don't care. I, I don't care. Um, man, I love you guys. Here's what I have to ask you. One, why not both? Why, why, why do these things have to be mutually exclusive, right? We can do both, right? Because here's the thing. I've said this for years about Overwatch. It's about the journey, right? You can capture that casual fun experience as it be. And I think you were on the money about 5v5 open queue. Because when I trace back all these issues for Frito, you and I butt heads. And I butt heads with a lot of other people talking about it. Damn it, I hear Nateson in my ear. Open queue, open queue, open queue. Because if this is the end result of roll queue with these queue times and it's unsolvable and it's too hard to balance because you want roll queue to, and queue times to be good, you have to make each roll equally appealing. And that's really damn hard to do. Right to give the team four credit, it's damn hard to do that. I have, a, I had, I think I didn't release the video, but SFV, my solution was five v five open queue. I, I, I would love, to, I'd, I'd actually prefer to see that tried maybe before a, a quick, quick play hack six v six roll queue. Um, but I don't, I don't want to go down too much on that road. I just wanted to quickly note on that because we, that, we put that one behind us, and we're going to move on to the competitive scene. I think both are doable, guys. I think how you get somebody interested in a competitive scene. And this is what Overwatch did so well when it first came out because there wasn't any gimmicky Moira heroes that Frito was yelling about. There wasn't any of that gimmick stuff. The skill floor was super low, but the ceiling was so high. And what did that do? That major average player who wanted to play Genji go watch Seagull. That made guys like me who were learning Hanzo say, oh damn, Seagull's the best Hanzo. I want to go watch him. Seagull's who I watched when I first came to Overwatch in like season one, started my stream. My hero pool was Genji Hanzo. So I was like, all right, I watch. God damn it, I watched the Dragons trailer and that's what did it. Still, still to this day, I think the second best gameplay trailer I've ever two. seen. Yeah, yeah. The second best one I've ever seen behind the Skyrim trailer, which, God forbid, if somebody ever beats the Skyrim trailer, the world's going to end, gentlemen. Pigs are going to be flying. Hell's freezing over, and I'll be down there ready to take on hell with a squirt gun because, you know, I, you best, best believe that I will be there. Um, you can do both. Right, but it comes down to like how heroes are made. This is why Life Weaver shouldn't exist, right? And no offense to Life Weaver, I like playing him, but heroes like that, it shouldn't happen. I, I dare say, I'm sorry, Moira players, heroes like Moira shouldn't exist either, right? Because original Overwatch, what made it great is that floor was low, but the ceiling was so damn high. And this is where I always said Kaplan and Goodman's model was wrong. You don't make a complicated game and make it easier over time. You keep it complicated, but you keep the floor low and the ceiling high so that journey, players feel like there's always more they can do. They feel like it's in their control. It's not the game cheesing them. There's always something they can do with their player agency to go out and learn. And what that creates 
is a game that's casual friendly because there's always more journey to progress on and then it makes a competitive scene that's actually compelling for people to get into because they want to see what the best players are doing and that's how you get somebody from a grassroots perspective flats you were right about overwatch league it was a, it was a bad idea it was a bad idea made by people who weren't in the trenches and it had nothing to do with the people. You know, I worked with Mayhem too. They did, we did our damn hardest to build that thing up. I was the first person really working on the Mayhem channel back then. It was me and Nate. I got Nate, I got Nate and Jay their jobs. I, I, I talked to Ella and I said, I got somebody for you. And they got Nate higher than I, I, I messaged Jay because he tweeted out he's looking for an organ. I said, you have a meeting with the president in 30 minutes. Get on. And he did. I'll give him credit. He got on. Um, you know, it's. That's what made Overwatch special, man. And I, I, I hate the idea that we feel like we have to choose between one or the other. We don't, right? We can do both. And Fortnite does it so damn well, man. They're not just a game anymore, guys. They're a game development platform, right? They have the no build. They have their classic modes, right? They do and cycle a lot of these things, SVB. And that's why I actually don't think it's a problem that we go around and try a lot of these things. I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy. It works. It yeah. freaking works. Fortnite has killed it. Year over year in players, they were at 86 million monthly active users last year. They were at 127 this year, a 30% year over year. Minecraft, who was stagnant, and I know it because I've been researching this, this space for a year now again. They, went out, they were at 170 million and 172 this year, while Roblox is up to 380 because they can do anything. And Overwatch shouldn't box itself in to one or the other because they're still, to this day, despite everything that we all say, Right? There has not been a game. Everybody said it was going to be Valorant. We said, no, it won't be. Valorant will be a good game, but it's too different. There has not been a game that has come out like Overwatch. And the way you can express yourself with different styles of play on these characters that are the identity of the game, they shouldn't be locked. You should be able to access, to access everything, right? That's what made the game fun and beautiful. And it still has that, right? I, I don't think we have to choose. And I, I would say that I, I agree, Flats. The competitive scene should get its shot because that's what makes people want to get on and grind every day. This new rank system, Gavin cooked with it. It's great. It needs some tweaks still. But yep. this one has the potential to be better than the first one. It does, right? This is the first time where I've been able to look at Overwatch 2 and be like, that's an upgrade. It is. Yeah, right? Sure. And it makes, it makes people want to play. Even the stacking coming back. Even though I had to play Moxie and Craggy's eight games in a row, expected to lose all eight games, and goddammit, I did, right? And I was about, about to bash my desk in half. You know, I looked in the mirror, and people were like, see, this you got what you asked for, you wanted stacking. And I said, you know what? I'd take this any goddamn day of the week, because you want to know why? I queued up again after, and I'm ready to go the next day, ready to win, right? And that's what makes it fun. So, you know, I, I, I think the game's on a good path to set that up right now, and I, I don't think that they should, I, I think we can do both. And SVB, I'd love to see, I'd love to see how an open queue could work because this might be my hot like hotter take than Brig, hotter take than six v six. If you really take a step back and look at it, and ask yourself the question: Have we ever been able to get around the biggest fear of roll queue being the queue times? And I was one of roll queue's biggest advocates. Uh, that answer might be no, right? That answer might be no. And so I, I would love to see all this tried. I know I went all over the place, but I, you know I hadn't got to speak it a little bit. But I'm yeah, trying to wrap a little bit of a bow on that. But but don't don't box ourselves in, guys. What made Overwatch so innovative and loved when it first came out? It was the first game to go outside of that box. It did loot boxes fairly. Hero skill expression was beautiful. The trailers were beautiful. The characters and the actual engine itself going for big combos together that was fun. We know that's what makes the game beautiful. Let's not water it down. Let's expand on everything that made it great. And that's my opinion. So here we go. Yeah, I appreciate it, and I agree with it. Frito. 
what do I want to say here? I don't think I want to debate this anymore. I think. <laughs> All right. This, this is what I want to say. Sam just walked away and this was supposed to be directed directly to him. I don't know if you still have his headset on. I want to apologize to my friend Sam because I think my emotions got the better of me in this show because I have latent frustration with our entire community at this point where it seems every content okay keep in mind I was here since 2016 right so I feel like I'm more entrenched than a lot of you who who, who remember Overwatch as like a thing that was happening outside of your day-to-day -day existence and everyone kind of jumped in at a certain point and has different relationships with the uh, on the ground reality of what the conversations were back then. So when we nostalgize that time back then, I'm sitting here like, wait a second. Everyone said the opposite at the time, and now we're flip-flopping again. And back then, we had an overwhelming majority casual player base. We, we had MMO players coming to try Overwatch. It was a very different experience. It was a new Blizzard game, not the a shooter game competing with CSGO, Valorant, didn't exist back then, but that's not the game we had, right? It was exactly the thing SVB was talking about, where the gameplay was expressive. First of all, wasn't even close to balanced. Oh my god, the like, we had a defensive hero category, and all of them were terrible. Like, some heroes had skill expression, and other heroes were gimmicks that maybe you could try to annoy your teammates by picking. The gap between the performance of heroes was insane, and this is partially where I come from of, like, do you really want balance? Because balance means counterpicking. Balance means everything has a place to compete. You can't have both. We got to be careful with these mutually exclusive ideas. Uh, Sam, did you have your headset on the whole time or no? You didn't? Uh, dude, I had to pee so bad. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I just, I just wanted to apologize to you because uh, I'm getting frustrated with everyone being a... Uh, so certain about the effects of their beliefs you of course are perhaps the least offensive to me um out of the entire community but it seems like every comment i see on youtube is a guy who's been playing the game x amount of years and thinks they can explain it better than you can they or or the, our whole community now is is, Tom is right for youtube comments <laughs> yeah youtube well, well, he, yes and, 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 all good brother, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I love the discourse you know i love the discourse so I, this is this is why this podcast is the the mount rushmore podcast you're sorry to cut you off but you're all good keep going Yes, and to piggyback on your point, not just in our community, I think I haven't seen a podcast this good in any game community. I followed a lot, right? Like, like the, us, us, the Avenger squad here, I put us up against any, pick any other game, okay? We run circles around them. Anyway, uh, where, where was I going with this? Um, Do you remember we flip-flopped on every single yeah. point. I, I, we flip-flopped on every single thing. Like, the, they designed the game to be that exact casual, uh, friendly experience from the start. The game wasn't balanced, wasn't very competitive, and our dev team was not supportive of competitive in any way. Meanwhile, Bobby Kotick wanted the Overwatch League. So there was two competing forces there where they're trying to make Brig a casual character that you can just, in your casual games, anti-tracer. That's what they wanted it to do, okay? They wanted a character that did that and then spawned this competitive comp. They, they didn't even want to coexist, right? Now now we're, I, I kind of agree with Flats, I think, that we're down the competitive route However, I, I think in a lot of these cases, I, I would, I feel like I can just sit here and nitpick like, oh, this was, wasn't the case. Th that wasn't the case. Like, for example, I, I don't want to over nostalgize that early competitive period because I'm pretty sure I, I could be correct on this. Maybe someone in any of our chats remembers exactly. But I think those early tournaments maybe had like 
30 to 50,000 views, which seemed like a lot at the time. Very right? different like, Twitch, though. Right. Yes. The entire ecosystem of gaming is entirely different now. Yeah. And so we need a game that's going to work now. That game 2016, like the player base we had was all of the, was every single kind of gamer ever wanting to come try the new Blizzard game. And they almost accidentally made one of the most competitive games ever. Like they, they came from it from the uh, genesis of WoW devs trying to make a TF2 version with Blizzard coat of paint, basically. Like what if we make it as magical as Blizzard games, but from that uh, um, standpoint, with the developers that made, you know, one of the most successful games of all time, essentially. And so we always had a tension point. And I guess me personally, having to have been debating these things for so long with that dev team and have members of that dev team insult me to my face, essentially, that all my ideas are dumb. And now they're doing a lot of the things that I wanted them to do. Like, oh, I can play with my friends. They care about competitive now. Like they're balancing the game more frequently. They, they, you know, a lot of the things that I want them to do, they're doing. And so, you know, I'm less harsh on this new team because I think they're on the right track. So I, I don't know. That's like a, a generalized point. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of fatigued with uh, us, us here. I think in general, I would, I, I pray to the Overwatch community, content creators, viewers, everything. Let's let's just try to have a little bit more humility in the things that we say. Because now everybody has watched all of our content creators make these broad statements of like the game works like this. Oh wait, no, they changed it. Now it works entirely differently. It's like oh, like ah, I'm sitting here watching all of you do this, not in this call, but everyone does this, right? They say it's got to work this way, and then it doesn't happen. And this game is too complicated for that. You can't encapsulate it. Encapsulate? You can't encapsulate it in simple arguments. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to anything. There's always trade-offs. And for me, I think this is the least bad version. So like, let's say about capitalism, okay? Like capitalism is the the least bad form of doing this. It, it, it's terrible. It's, it's horrible. It just ruins everything in life, but we can't figure out a way to do it better. That's how I feel about Overwatch 2 and 5v5 in general. Yeah, well said. But all that being said, Mora will never be a good part of this game. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, back it up on that one. Just yeah. careful the K-pop mentions, though. Just don't don't mention K-pop. Um, anytime you mention K-pop on this podcast, Sammy, just like it spawns a whole nother thing. Hey, it spawns hey, Flap, want to turn off your webcam and move my name <laughs> a little bit? And then just drop some hot takes. <laughs> Everybody send your hate to Flats Overwatch. Oh shit! Now Flats, you're, you're Frito now. Oh, I'm you're Frito. Fr oh, this is my golden chance. Six for six like is better. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, no, let's. Man. So we, I think that's a great, and again, I, I also really love you guys and appreciate you being here and the awesome opinions you give me and just pure love for who you are as people and human beings. Is there anything else you want to add? We've all given a lot of opinions. Anything else you want to add? Just as a, as a last conclusion, I don't want to start a whole new spiral. But any things that you release, unexpressed thoughts before we move on. These pistachios are hidden. Pistachios hidden. All right, Flats, you good? Where are we moving, where are we moving on to is the question. So we never actually discussed the DPS thing. We kind of like, we discussed. <laughs> we got the tank. I was going to say that at the start. I was like, do we want to do DPS first? Because this tank one's going to go on for a while. Um, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. We discussed supports. We discussed tanks. But we, ne we, we started off by saying this is the DPS patch. And then we never discussed DPS. So I, before, you know, I, I'm conscious I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. And if any of you have to go, let me know. But if we have the time, let's 
let's actually talk about the state of DPS because this is the first time DPS has been quote unquote the best role in a while for Overwatch. So, yeah, Ooh, Sam, you go first. You got to talk about as the, as the resident DPS. Oh man, so it's I underrated a couple characters. Uh, I thought Echo would be worse than she was. A lot of the hit scan hit boxes are i i think a lot of like tracer i think is just insane man tracer is crazy playing against widow is super irritating but i will say in general like it does feel nice being able to contribute as dps there's definitely a lot of sleeper picks i think torbjorn is a crazy hero i put him in s tier and people called me crazy no he is insanely good you just have to learn where to put your turret and then frontline for your turret and it's that simple i have a torb guy coming out which i'm excited to post post here soon but no this is kind of like you know it it, it it doesn't have the same depth that, like, OG DPS did, like, way back in the day, right? But you definitely notice the impact, right? Like, my my, my decision-making is still a, a little on the one-dimensional side, but, like, the setups, the working together as a team, right? That definitely has helped a lot. Like, the power, like, you can feel the power of DPS heroes now, and you couldn't really feel it at all. I'd say post dps passive originally getting changed and a part of that probably is because dps just didn't have a passive for the last eight seasons <laughs> that's really what it, after they took away the movement speed dude that passive was useless like hanzo didn't even have it right um but now like it, it, it's definitely noticeable like i think the hard part with these passives fcb and i'm still not sold on them existing altogether at all to be frank with you and I feel like our takes on here about them previously have just been proven to be more and more true now, is that they do not affect every character evenly, right? Which makes, like, making a lot of characters have viability at once incredibly diff difficult to do, if borderline impossible, right? Like, Tracer's insane, Echo's really, really good. People are still picking Cassidy outside of anything besides Lucio Moira Queen comps, and I'm like, guys, don't do that. There was the, the, the trend that Soldier was really, really good. I think Soldier's really good in Ranked. Um, but when they pick ball dive, like you just cannot play soldier because he's in almost a worse Cassidy because he just gets knocked up in the air and just hit like a, a, a you know, just smacked all over the map. Right. Um, I will say though, like I, I told all my friends this, like it's definitely worth coming back and playing as a DPS player. A lot of DPS players kind of walked away from the game because you didn't feel like you were able to contribute. And it just like, it was, there is nothing more irritating in the world. No flats gets this because he's a tank player. Then making a play and just watching it just be absolutely worthless like you're running into a brick wall and that was done by healing immortalities you name it things that you couldn't interact with that were just overriding all of your journey like i've spent six or seven years you know playing this game as a dps player and mastering the game like i'm, I'm top 50 every season um and i i just was running into brick walls and it freaking pissed me off but now that echo game when you set up the good dive with beaver fever going pow driving right when you set up your, your dive with the winston player right or your lucio like they're the setups and all that stuff and, and really dive is peak overwatch i'll say it i'll say it a lot of people are going to be upset about that dive is peak overwatch and torb is still really good you can run the anti-dive comps but you need a brain and it's so nice to see my very very in-depth thought process for everything that I do in the game, every every single action that I make has a purpose to split players, to focus this target, to force this cooldown, and then immediately target swap here and here and here. I'm like a a, a turret in Bloons tower defense. Like, do, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like a, whatever the high level ones are. I know Flats plays that game, uh, but it's it's nice. It's nice. Now, not May is useless. Rip rip my girl May. Uh, people for some reason are still playing Genji, right? 
you know, and I think like it'd be nice to see a lot of these heroes kind of get tuned and changed. And I'd like to see some of the big ult combos come back for DPS that just the one thing I'll say, and I'm not going to go to 6v6, 5v5 with this, it's like, I feel like now, like, my big games on DPS aren't as big. I can't quite put my finger on it, but they're still fun. And it's it's just nice. It's nice rewarding. Like, being rewarded for my role. But I have to be careful, because I, I always try to pride myself on being fair to all three roles. It is too good. It should get tuned back. I'm not, I, I don't even touch support right now because I want to play Ana, and I know I'm going to be tempted to pick Ana, and I know I just can't. Frustrates me because I love her. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's nice, man. It's, I, I don't touch Hanzo anymore, but you know, I, play, I play a little bit more hitscan. I've been playing a lot of Ash, who I think is criminally underrated right now. Um, but it's, 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 it's felt good. Now, is it fair? No, but it's felt good. Finally, I get to re reap the rewards that all the support players have gotten for years, and I don't have to roll swap. So that is nice. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was a very fair and balanced approach to it. And I, I like the decision you made earlier of like 15%, maybe 1.5 seconds feels a bit more tuned. Like, let's try that and see how it goes. It's interesting, actually, because if you remember back before they released Overwatch 2, they actually tempted this mechanic and we all said it was kind of shit. When they were like, every time you take damage, your healing goes down massively. I think it was like in one of the early previews that they did with pros, like the first time they showed 5v5. I think they said that, like, in combat, healing is way lower. But, of course, this is one of the funny things of, like, an idea that's bad at one point in time for Watch can become good later. And this is, like, back when everyone was, like, supports are shit. And everyone was, like, there's no good supports. Like, supporting feels bad. They were wrong about that, by the way. And Frito and I said that. Brig was good. All the stuff was good. They all were just bad. I'll say it. Yeah, Sorry. but it's interesting that back then, you know, people were like, no, no, no. This, we, we never even got to try it, actually. This was just off of the suggestion that they gave and we were like no don't do it and then they were like no okay we won't do it and now they brought it back but just as the dps passive and maybe that's an elegant solution although maybe everyone could also have it that's also a thing who knows frito i'll take it to you first how do you feel about the dps role and what sam just said and you free feel free to hate on torb the way you did on moira <laughs> uh yeah i have problems with torb um all right i have the hot take that i maybe should have put at the start of the show but i'm going to agree with something i heard craggy say on stream that tank is the strongest role potentially especially for the amount of mechanics that are required because they sculpt the engagement and interrupt the enemy's dps passive tank with synergy with your dps is overwhelmingly good and it playing dps without synergy with your tank still feels pretty bad in a lot of ways because uh, for me, anyway, someone who isn't as good as Sam, you know, I watch Sam stream sometimes, and like he'll miss one of his stickies on Echo, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm terrible! Oh my goodness!" It's like I, Sam, I I can't hit half of my sticky volleys. Like, what are you talking about? So, um, even though the hitboxes are bigger and more forgiving, you have to be more consistent now. So, I personally find uh, I'm worse at damage than I was before because. Well, I mean, they robbed me of Junkrat, so there's one big hero out of my pools, maybe my, my best hero, right, uh, out, out of damage. And then all the other DPS that are kind of like flanky and bursty, you know, Sombra's a lot harder to play, I think. You, get more, you just gotta be more, you just gotta be better, basically. So um, I struggle as damage now. I am thankful for the uh, Widowmaker players on my team now at my rank that actually can hit shots and aren't a liability. Um, so I, I, I think... 
after I grind tank a lot longer now, because I'm trying to make a bigger video um, with my stream experiences, playing tank and kind of learning and holding myself accountable, I feel tank has the most power for the like less mechanics, basically. That's an argument we don't really have often on this show, I feel. Like, you still have to have very good mechanics to play damage, even though it's a bit easier. You have to be more consistent. So yeah, you can play Ash, you can play Widow, um, but it's tuned in a way where it's still like challenging. Um, my buddy Nate, I think, um, as we play with him on on stream sometimes, like he's still kind of figuring it out as well. And he's a good damage player, right? Like has been around in GM as as well in a lot of his picks. And like I, I don't know if he's so comfortable on it either. So I don't feel like I'm the only one. I think it's more about team shooting, which perhaps like Sam is one of. I mean, it, he's got a lot of strengths as a player. I've watched Sam play the game a lot, but his teamwork skill and bringing that contender's knowledge is like so big. And I don't know, damage is, is harder. I think it was a myth essentially that like it's easier. I don't. I don't actually believe that. I think hitting shots is in a way like a bit more difficult, which is why we have like the Moira problem anyway, because things have more health. And you have to be even better to punish that in some cases. And I hope the game keeps pushing towards these skill shot picks more so. Uh, I, I maintain I don't want a balanced game, necessarily. I don't want every hero to be equally viable. I would rather the skill expression heroes to be top of the meta. And so I'll keep saying that until the end of time. Um, some of them, though, I, I think are having an outmoded um, hitbox issue. Like, Torb is utterly ridiculous against tanks. And I don't think that should be the case. He's oddly like, and I'm curious if Sam agrees with me on this, but like he used to really zone out flankers, but now because they can take an extra hit, it, it's sort of not doing that as much. Whereas the DPS passive applying, I think from the turret, I'm pretty sure it does, uh, onto any dive tank, it always hits me. So it's like, I go anywhere, I'm in front, I'm the tank, haha, <laughs> look at me, I can dodge everything else, I can even dodge the torp shot, but the turret hits me and now I have the DPS passive on me and... Not only does that screw me, then on top of that, the uh, shotgun damage is, like, overwhelming. And it's it's heroes like this that makes, like, the counterpicking issue for tank even more punishing. I really liked the way Flats described it, because on one hand, I like the complexity, because we have to think about playing around our damage more. But it also means the counterpicking potential is even stronger in a way. As it used to be, only supports mattered. So I, I didn't care what my DPS were doing in, in old patches. It was like, you're kind of a useless role anyway. Go off on a wacky flank. Who cares? Sometimes you kill, sometimes you don't. It's like, whatever. I, I'm going to hold my own with my OP characters, the supports behind me. Now supports are weaker, and you have to get use out of your damage. And so the the complexity of the game is is going up, and the tank gets more responsibility from that. I guess, because I, I play tank, everything's going to be related to that experience overall. I, I look forward to trying to get better at damage, but I, 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 I just objectively am worse in this version of the game. And maybe that's just my personal opinion, but um, yeah, it seems harder. Like, and, I, and like when I watch Nate play as well, like he was a dominant tracer player and he feels like he kind of just peeks around and gets domed by stuff than before. Like, I, I've seen a lot of people have this opinion. Like, I agree, Tracer seems outrageous, but at the same time, there's a learning curve to this. Like, you easily get hit in ways that you didn't before. So I don't know what I should be doing in some of these cases. We have to, like, relearn the role, it seems. Can I add on to that briefly? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. The players, it's been very funny watching the DPS players who have been able to get away positioning horribly for a very long time 
and even tank players too try to like like because from my brain like what, what you had to learn it was like the second that you see someone out of position like the moira is the extreme example of that where she's using her fade and you can see like okay that player misplayed like how are they allowed to get away with that right it's been very funny to see those mistakes happen and have them actually be punishable like og overwatch and then as a lot of our colleagues have had that happen to them too and it's been it's been it's been hilarious it's been really funny watching that happen and seeing like good players like actually make the proper decision and get the punishment and then what players who get away with bloody murder because their heroes op or there's a bailout get punished for it that's been, that's been nice it's discipline i think is what it is but when you learn the discipline it's really good well, well one last thing i'll add before we move off me here i think like i i like my dps players having a useful ability that i i feel i can capitalize as as a tank player it's like you know the svb stream watchers will remember the most epic numbani game of all time where i went I think, okay, with the last overtime, okay, we're going into that. I'm looking at the scoreboard. I think I was 55-4 and four as Winston. And they go Torb, and I just tilts off the side of the planet. Two minutes to get a tick or something, and I just can't get in without feeding, and we lose. Now, my experience before that was, like, the enemy playing characters I could dive and outplaying them utterly, like just wiping the floor with them, feeling invincible. My primals are popping off. I'm getting away from the, the Moira. I'm telling my Tracer, okay, Tracer, go in. Do one damage for me. Can you give me one damage? Pick a thing and ping it, and I'll jump on it. We'll kill it. Like, that feels amazing. I, I, I haven't felt like I had any teamwork power out of that role this whole time playing Overwatch 2. And that was big in Overwatch 1, where it was more about, like, making space and, and positioning. So I... I like the DPS passive for the whole game. I, I, I get a little nervous when we're talking about nerfing it. Like, I, I'm not sure what that's going to do. Like, the, I guess I'll always be the grass isn't always greener guy <laughs> on the show. Like, like I, I, there's other things I want to address first before we worry about that. I think allowing pressure to force the engagement to resolve is a good idea. That's like the base point of what the damage passive is supposed to do. Um, it's a little interesting. Like, should everyone get that? Should that just be the case? Like, uh, strange i i'm not i'm not sure that's going to necessarily work otherwise like winston cleaving you would just be like the greatest thing of all time like i, I i'm curious how they navigate this i think that we, we can move the game into a a positive direction with this principle of like each both squishy roles have something they're going to aid you with i think we, we just have to get it to a more reasonable state where certain heroes aren't getting utterly outmoded from others like the, the bounce like like i, yeah. I don't know i I don't know. I, I just I fear that we're gonna ask for something and we don't we, we dislike the next thing even worse than what we have. Like the game right. moves now, right? You, you coordination matters. And it used to be the tank kind of AFK. Now now you AFK and then hardened. <laughs> at, le at least there's the hardened part, I think, is is uh, the benefit. And then start playing Torbjorn and then you then you auto die. Yeah, I mean lots of interesting thoughts there, and, and I think a good good to flag up like a well Will it will it be better with the DPS passive worse, or is it good with the way it is now? But obviously, I want to I want to ask Flat's opinion on the sort of the quote unquote hot take there of like actually tank is the strongest role, and DPS isn't. So go ahead, Flats, give me your thoughts on the I, DPS role. I don't think I could disagree anymore with like literally everything that was said. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of an an insane thing to say. Uh, the tank has the most impact while sitting there and then also saying in the same breath that you're sitting there waiting for DPS follow-up or DPS to do certain things. And instead also and say like, yeah, those games we have 54 and 4, dude, that's not my rank. My rank, you wouldn't get to 54. You would have got one team fight. 
and they would have swapped up because like they're letting you get 54 and four they just sat there afk like those those players were fucking terrible like i don't know what else to say there um like they didn't play the counter swap game clearly till overtime and then you know at that point it's like okay well i want to continue playing my winston so i'm going to just go in and i just get tilted and die it's like yeah that's every fucking fight like it's if you win a fight their entire team comp is swapped already so like that's that's just not like it and like to to go on to it it's like that those are just players that didn't play well and you had a fun game because they didn't play well and you got to dominate everybody likes to dominate and pop off but like that's not the average game in any way shape or form and and again like going back to like the whole quarterback thing like you're you are kind of the, supposed to be the star player and you have the weakest outcome it's the same thing as like your entire team is like it doesn't matter if your quarterback's insane if he has no one to throw to has no line has nothing to do like if they can't catch the ball they drop it every time you throw anything it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is you're gonna lose every game like yeah everyone can sit there and go yeah your quarterback's insanely good like they he hits their targets they just drop the ball every time it doesn't feel any better to be that guy though who's making the throw it feels fucking terrible like Every single time you're either getting pressured, someone's dropping the ball, can't even hold the handoff, they're fumbling. That's not a good experience at all. And to say like, oh yeah, it has high potential. It's like, yeah, of course it has high potential. When you have like contenders level fucking comms and everyone's trying hard but then we also look back at 6v6 and say well you know uh you you talk about synergy but you didn't actually get it every game yeah you don't get that shit every game either you don't get you get people that want to play whatever they want and they're going to run around the map and you know dps are going to be popping off you have like the widow tracer on one team the other team's playing i don't know like fucking cast soldier and like cast soldier is like not the worst but like then you have fucking cast soldier and you have uh, uh kiri and uh zen and it's like okay we're playing extreme poke but we're on dorado so uh i can't really play poke here but like i'll give it a shot so you gotta either like slot in with some sigma or slot in with some ball and you don't have that synergy every game so so if you sit there and he's like well you know it's great and you have those pop-off moments again but in my experience you don't even get the int part. Like, the int part is, like, uh, you have to, like, see the perfect opening. And it's not fair. Like, it's genuinely not fair, the amount of skill that is required and pressure that is required on the tank roll versus the other two rolls is unbearable. It's not sustainable. Like, nobody's going to want to play that, casual player or competitive player. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I sat there and I watched Tens the other night. Tens came back to Overwatch to play a little bit after the new patch. He's playing Widow, and he's like, oh, like, I heard they changed some hitbox stuff. What characters are good? And I'm sitting there watching him play. He's been playing the match. I'm like, wow, he's pretty fucking good. Like, he's hitting every shot. It's kind of nuts. But, like, his positioning's not great. Like, he just kind of, you know, like, he gets, he's playing on well, and there's a hog that's kind of fucking with him a little bit. But he hits every headshot on Cassidy. I'm like, damn, dude, he's kind of cooking. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I was in a call with car cue because you know he, he got back from stuff and like i was trying to like you know i was just catching up with him hanging out and i was like damn dude this P this pov looks so peaceful like man I, I wish my games looked like this and he goes my games do look like that i go we play all the time we're like we do like, what are you talking about he goes this 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 looks like my pov i go doesn't look like my pov not even a little bit and he laughed and he goes well it's because you play tank my pov looks like i'm fighting in world war three but if you look at any pov of like a dps player or support player unless they're playing in a top 20 lobby it's pretty casual. It's pretty chill, you know? And I'm not playing in a top 20 lobby most of the time. I'm a little bit washed in that sense. But it's like fighting for my life, and I don't even feel like the skill expression really matters as much. You know what? I, time my turn for a hot take for the day. 
I'd argue that I feel like I have less skill expression in tank from 5v5 than I did in 6v6. Specifically, even Rhyme Duels. You wonder why I don't play Rhyme that often anymore? Not only because the character's terrible, but I can fucking absolutely toast fucking Booger Eater 6435 on Rhyme. Hit him with the big pin, hit him with a shatter. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Like, I've had clips of me baiting out and waiting for the life grip. And then they have us curious, so I gotta bait out the life grip, gotta bait out the Susan, then I gotta hit the shatter, hit the shatter, get a swing or two, then pin him off the map. And I went for the pin him off the map, but the cooldown for the life weaver thing, it just went, plus it was a slide, there's a little bit of a slide on the geometry, so the guy got pulled back up and pinned me off the map. And it's like, I played that to the best of my ability. There's not much else to go there, unless like... You know, I, I waited maybe a couple extra seconds to see if I could get them even closer. Instead of going for the pin, maybe I could kill some of the backline. But they're playing so far back, there's no way I would get there. Anyways, and with the meta the way it is now, you can't really go up in an aggressive. You're going to get punished. You don't get healing. So it's like the amount of things that have to go your way is not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. And to say it's like the hard carry roll, yeah, it feels like shit when you get rolled by some giga tank. But you also probably could have made some swaps that that would have won you the game. And I can't tell you how many times ball people get rolled by a ball. And it's like, dude, their ball is fucking us. I'm like, well, I'm already on D.Va. And I'm using my full DM on you. Their Tracer ball. And then they even have a good, like, Sojourn or Widow. You could go Sombra. You don't want to play Sombra. Oh, okay. You want to keep playing. Yeah, you want to go Torb. You, oh, no. You want to you keep playing Soldier. Oh, okay. Like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, and then you're going to get mad at your tank player because you don't know what, like, you're like, they, they, their tank's dominating. You should do the same thing. Well, you could too, dumbass. Like, and it, it's so stupid. Like, it's it's not fair. It's genuinely not fair. And to say, like, to, like look at this and say it's sustainable long term is inherently just insane. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I feel like, I think I've played like four or five hundred games of tank rank this season. It's like four, I think. Five hundred is much. Maybe like four. And it's like, that is not the experience of every game. And like, as you go down the ranks, you're going to have a different experience and you're going to have tanks that smoke you. And there's going to be times you get smoked, but there's also times you can play Reinhardt and win. That ain't, that ain't my game. So the game is so different in top level, low level play right now because it's new and it's like Overwatch 3.0. And just like with anything in any video game, it takes a long time for the top level play to migrate its way down. We didn't see goats and silver till like a year in. And not like they knew how to play it, but like they didn't even try it, right? Like it didn't, it took a very long time for that to happen. So even what we're seeing right this second, you're going to see it first happen at the top and then very slowly work its way down as people figure out how to make it work. Can I respond to that? Yeah, yeah I was going to mm -hmm. take it to you anyway, so go ahead. Okay, all right, cool. Um, we'll try and keep it brief though, because I know we've gone on for I, a while, I, I, so we'll I'm, try and I'm keep it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. I, I just, just a couple notes. Mm -hmm. um, so... <clears throat> I think that uh, teamwork is more important for sure. So Flats makes a ton of great points about having bad DPS picks on his team that don't fit the situation. That's certainly a lot more punishing. Like you need, it's even more of the case now. I've already kind of felt that personally. It, it, I've been saying that about DPS already. Um, having a bad comp certainly sucks. And the teamwork element is back in a big way, big way thanks to this passive because you need your DPS to interact with the game appropriately. However, um, and it's commonly the, the criticism of things that I say, that I'm not a good player and I play against trash cans, I'm not high enough ranked to have an opinion. But I'm quoting um, Craggy, who I think is pretty good. Um, but he was kind of wiping the floor with a trash can that I know, too. I mean, he was, he was just dominating in a three-stack against 
a washed up former contenders pro named Samito for about eight games in a row. So yes, I am, you know, not playing against people who are trying as hard and not picking good characters and and there's that issue. But at the same time as I play and in, in through through my trials and tribulations learning the role, I feel like there's a lot of room for me to make better decisions, be on the right hero. It is super complicated and harsh and you need the synergies and you need your DPS to work together with you and there's a lot of things that need to go right. Yes. But for the amount of mechanics that is required to play that role, I don't think it's outmoded for a shooter game to be that. And I think that's the reason why Craggy feels that way, if I can speak for him, that when he goes from playing Tracer to D.Va, it's like, wow, it's like on Tracer, I'm just getting bopped by everything on the side. And as D.Va, I can like hold a corner. Now, it might not be as fun. And, you know, I agree with a lot of things Vlad said, like sustainability, fun factor, casual experience, getting blown up as tank. You know, there's a lot of lot, lot there to work with. I think balance can help that as well but i think where craggy comes from with that is like he's got to do so much as tracer to dominate as one of his best picks whereas diva he's just like a big tracer who can deny damage and can work in synergy with his with his teamwork but you know what what do i know you know i i am not a high rank player so i have to just quote them instead of uh be one but um yeah i think, I think that's basically it it's, it's high rank it's, yet Never give up. <laughs> Never give well, up. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep trying at, at this. I you know, have been high ranked at easier versions of the game. I think I, I like the game now because I think it is harder. Um, and every time they rebalance the game or change the format and my rank goes down, I kind of feel like, wow, they probably did something right. Because in corny open queue, it was very easy for me to cor just cheese ball meta picks. Whereas now I think I, I have to play actual Overwatch, which is learn multiple heroes. It's very punishing. Team comp's got to be right. And and so I, I enjoy the difficulty of that personally. And, and it's part of the reason why I'm on the, the little journey I am trying to improve at tank. So um, oh. I, both things can be like kind of true at the same time, right? There's not like I'm right, he's wrong. This, you know, yeah. that's not that's not the case, right? Um, so I'll let you go, yeah. FBB. Yeah, no, I was going to emphasize that, you know, ultimately this is an exchange of opinions and it is about subjective experience. Of course, there's no, like, nobody's going to be like, this is objectively DPS is better, worse, whatever. We're all talking our, our opinions. And of course, Flats has played so many games and he has, he's only going to speak on his experience. And you've played so many games and you've also been weighed down by the duo that is me bringing you down into a, a worse state of game and an increased loss rate. So that's going to affect your experience. Um, and I do think that, like, yeah, every time a game switches like this, like, it's it becomes difficult, it becomes different. And it becomes hard. Like I, 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 you know, supporting in our duo, I, I've been finding it really hard, like really tricky trying to like a, a, adapt. Because I'm like, because we started off running a lot of Zen in this, like when the season started, and I was farming. Like you were like you, you know this as well. It's like, oh, this is fucking easy. I put a Discorder thing. We just we do, we toast it together. And then they nerf Zen, and now I'm getting punished a lot more. I kind of need to learn from Sam about like my positioning on Zen and stuff. And I think that's also the fun of it. I, I think that's the fun of it is the is the like this is new we have to figure some things out again it's not just like do this in these places and to add your experience is much more close to what the average player would would be encountering in a, in a normal rank right like the 90 percent of players are are not in in flats as tough lobbies like they're they're i, I think that's always been the way with tank in Overwatch too is that you're I, i've always described it as you're allowed to dominate as long as they let you dominate like it's always the case like if i want to play doomfic we were talking to sam and i was like sam i think doomfist is underrated Probably isn't for him because I know the minute he goes Doomfist, 30 seconds in, they know exactly what to pick. And I even made a tweet about this a while back, which I realized in my one week as D.Va when I was getting coached by Hawk and stuff. 
the biggest difference I actually find in like the GM lobbies when I get to GM versus when I'm anything but, the GMs know very quickly what counters the thing. And they are willing to play that game all the time. They're willing to be like, oh, you went that? Okay, uh, you picked Diva? I'll go Brig Bap. Try having fun now. And I'm just sat there miserable and Hawk is like, I don't think there's anything you can do here. Like, I think it's a GG. Like, it's over. Versus in Diamond, in Plat, it's, it's, it can happen, but it doesn't always happen. Some games, they insta-counter-swap you, and you're like, well, fuck. I gotta either, like, either I'm gonna be miserable on my OTP, or I have to counter-swap as well. And some games, they just don't. Some games, they're obstinate, and they're like, I want to OTP, you know, Kiriko. And so I'm not gonna pick the thing that's gonna defeat you. I'm just gonna pick whatever I want. And that's been my experience on Tank, where it's like, some games, I'm like, I'm dumpstering this lobby. Like, I'm shitting on everyone in this lobby. And in other games, I'm like, wow, well, again, we've got a trash support line. My DPS is Glue Sliffer on Junkrat OTP. He's just dive bombing this high ground over and over. And he, like, his biggest contribution is that when he dies, he leaves some mines that might actually do some damage to the people <laughs> that he jumped over the top of. And, like, that, that's my hope. So I think that's probably, like, a big reason why there's such this discrepancy in experience. And I think that's a big divide in the ranks now. I think that is one of the big... Like, I don't think the mechanical divide is as big as it once was in Overwatch. Like, it used to be a time when it was, like, GM and, like, Plat. It was, like, GMs were just, like, so much better mechanically, which I'm sure they still are, but I think this is what I have noticed the most whenever I cross over from one threshold to the other is, like, Jesus Christ, these guys do not let me pick this hero anymore. Like, they will not let me go two fights playing this hero. So, that's my I take. A, I won a game the other day on Junkertown. I was on attack because their tank sat in spawn counter-slobbing me. You know the bridge on third? Like, on third when you're leaving spawn? I got about to the choke every time they counter-swapped me. I walked back and I just swapped immediately. On, on and third? they left on third. Junkertown. Junkertown. Bruh. My team pushed the cart the entire way until it was two meters with both tanks in spawn swapping. <laughs> I have a clip. I can find it for you if you want to see it. And their tank types to me all cap goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, this season makes me want to eat glass. I will be petty all the, I, I have all the pettiness in the world. You can't break me. That's not petty though. That's efficient. And you know what? They walked out because they had a touch soon. They walked out on like, uh, what, it was like Zarya. I walked out on Winston. We won instantly. Won the game instantly. Because our team pushed the whole way. Because they couldn't fight them. There was no one to contest cart. That's it. I won the game. I've had a very similar experience. It's funny. People rage chatting me for counterpicking as they're counterpicking. So yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I, I think they should look take a look at that whole free yeah. swap situation. I got this Matt, do you do you do you queue solo or or you play with friends as well? I've been playing I try to always duo at least because solo queue is awful. Um because you just nobody ever talks. So me and Karki play a lot. Uh but I've done a good amount of soloing this season as well. Not at not a ton of it, but I'd say probably like 70, 60 or 70 games this season, Solo? I, I dropped a clip if, for you guys. If your experience might change if you... I mean, DPS is such a fundamental role that, like, uh, not bringing one with you, I wonder if that would change your perspective at all. I mean, maybe not, but certainly, I, I think, like, at least, you know, when we've stacked SVB and, and uh, we feel our stacks DPS aren't doing what we want, at least we can say you know, fix this, and you better, or we're just gonna not play with you, right? <laughs> like, like I think there's, this is a team game again, in like a big way, so, and and I certainly know, and I agree with you, like, if 
I have gotten mollywopped not playing with friends and needing my DPS to do a certain thing and trying to figure out how to support a cast who wants to walk towards the tank on cart all game. Like, so I, I don't have a solution to some of these things. I'm still learning myself. I think just where my perspective comes from is because I'm not as good as you. I can see the gap. And this is always the beautiful thing about Overwatch. It's it's most fun the more bad you are because you can. there's more opportunities to be like, well, I didn't read the kill feed there. I could have done this. I should have been on the right hero. Like, there's more mistakes that I can uh, take on myself. So I. it's almost like, you know, you know when um, someone tells you they haven't seen Game of Thrones yet? And, and you could be like, oh my goodness, you have no idea what you're going to, season two, this reveal is going to happen. It's like, like, there's still so much in front of me uh, to, to improve and to enjoy before I get to that, like, completely, um, you know, angry streamer stage, being just a, a, a young one week Andy in optimistic, I can improve, I could do this, guys. In, a, in about a month, I'm going to be angrier than you, I'm sure, so... <laughs> Yeah, Game cycle, of Thrones. Maybe. Game of Thrones is the perfect metaphor for that because you start off really happy, and then by the end, you're like, "Why the fuck did I ever bother starting this <laughs> trash can? Why the fuck? It wasn't worth it in the end. It wasn't fucking I'm worth just it." Saying, doesn't happen in Naruto. Greatest story ever told. Actually, Avatar. Do have you guys seen the Avatar last year? Please tell me it's good. I'm not. Watching. I don't. I'm, I'm not, not watching it, dude. I can't. I, I'm sure it's gonna be trash. I can't. I, I can't do it. about it, and I was like, I, I, I gotta be careful here because I'm gonna. I, I, I'm not even gonna start it. No, dude, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. There, there's no way they did it well. There's no way they did it well. So, okay. Any other thoughts on the DPS passive before we move to concluding thoughts? Sam, I haven't heard from you in a while. Do you want to talk about DPS stuff? No? You I'm good? talking kill feeds, baby. We're good to go. All right, let's go then. Let's head to concluding thoughts. It's been a great and marathon episode. We're hitting the three-hour mark. It's been a good one. So many... So many great discussions, I feel like, and so many good back and forth, so many good exchanges of ideas. And that's why you guys are the GOATs. That's why dubbed the Avengers uh, of the of the podcast, that when we come together, there's always some great shit here. So what do we want to see? As I always ask you, what do we want to see for the rest of the season? What do we want to see in a mid-season patch, potentially? I know Sam wants to see the Cowboy Bebop. I'm sure that's coming, Sam. Don't worry about it. It's coming. Unless they baited us massively and they were like, psych, bitch. There's no cowboy people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, what do you want to see in the coming season, mid-season patch? And yeah, like how would your vision of Overwatch improve in the coming month or two? Sam, you go first. I'd like to see some, like, just keep improving the rank system. It's good. Um, I'd like to see them do something fresh. I'd love to see, obviously, like a 6v6 quick play hack or something like that. Um, just fun. Spice it up. Give me new ways to express myself. I know there's a new DPS hero coming in that it's been a while. Like the last hero that came out for my role was Echo, and I've done just about everything I can on that character. So I'm 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 bored now. Uh, I, I like I I don't know. I I, I got top fifty on Sombra. I, I play Echo every season. I've been teaching Nate Echo. Actually, I had him watch my Echo guide last night. He was like, "Wait a minute, this is way more fun." I was like, "Yeah, she's the old. She's such. She's she's the most fun flex DPS to play right now because she is the ultimate anti cheese." No matter what hero you pick, if you're on Sig, if you're on D.Va, if you're on Zarya, if you're on whatever, maybe Junkrat, Torbjorn, does not matter. I can pick Echo, and if I play well, I can copy you, I can do whatever I want. And I have the best skill expression and the most options on Echo, so I I'm glad to see her, like, still be, like, pickable. And so I'd like to see Copy be a little bit more functional and fair, because, like, it's, it's hard to make a play with it, but, like, it's still fun. Um, rank system's good. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, and then... 
I just keep swinging the bat, you know, it, it's it's nice to be able to make a video and come out and say that I was wrong about something and that like, I, I didn't think this patch would kill the game. I think I was right about how like the disparity between heroes that are good and bad. I'd like to see, please make Ana pickable. Like, oh man, I, I will play more support when I can play Ana. I, Careful that's with that one, Sam. Why? The, saying make Ana more pickable sounds like you get a buff Ana. No, 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 no. That's not that though. Oh God. It, it's well, the passive. Do you guys think? Do you guys think? Well, well hold on. I, I think a good. Do you guys think the ten percent global ult reduction was necessary? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Nerf more is more, and five know. other things. And there's already too many ults. Ah, uh, too many buttons. Games I want to play on a... I, I, I mean, you I could you like could it's... just reduce if you if you feel like it's an Ana problem, you could just reduce her ult. Like it doesn't have the global doesn't have to stay. You could reduce how like. You know, her needed. Listen, ult. Flats, if you want to play Winston, it's going to have to happen, buddy. So, no, you know, I, I just think there's too many ults in it. I already just think there's too many buttons. Like, people just, you, you, how many times do you walk into a fight and it's already GG because you know they have three ults? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, we, we're, we're fucked. We're, I need Danny to back me up here. I don't know where she's at, but she would agree. So, that's what matters. All right. We got our, res our resident grandma. But no, like, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm content. I got a lot on my plate as is. So, I'm just, I'm kind of just along for the ride. That's, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's ways I'm sure that they could they could be reasonable on uh, adjustments or uh, maybe more on nerfs. Frito, how do you feel? What do you want to see coming for the rest of the season? Yeah, I, I agree with Flats' take that like the this whole mid-season hotfix thing, it's not really cutting it for me. But I also get fearful that they'll just overbuff as well. So I'm on the fence about it. Like we're we're I feel like the devs are just sort of like. We know it's broken. Just like play the game for a while, and then we'll try to fix it subtly. That's that's the attitude. You know, we get the one little quick fix, and then the a big mid-season patch is coming, right? Question mark. Like, I just I just hope some of the clearly overtuned matchups get addressed. I, I don't I don't know how they fix my problem with Torb, for example, where I just think um, that's like the one hero I feel like just can't even meaningfully interact with when they swap to him because he has a cooldown. I, there's some general principles about the game I really like where cooldowns and positioning and team shooting, that's all good, but just like we, we pretty quickly found the obnoxious easy characters to play and um, we need another balance pass to get the game in a more playable state. That's what I'm looking forward to most is just balance. Overall, like looking, remember like season 10, um, we get the anyone can stack with anyone thing. They've already loosened that up a bit, so for me part of the reason why I wanted to come back and start streaming and playing more is because I can play with friends again. Because ultimately, I don't care what rank I get to. Like, I want to improve generally, but I don't have aspirations to be next to Sam on the combined one leaderboard. I don't think that's achievable for me. Instead, I like to experience the strategy of the game and do my part. You know, like, that's... It feels very Overwatch 1 to me, where there's lower mechanically skilled characters. And I, I kind of would put D.Va as one of them now, for example. Like, there's you can kind of like hold corners and eat damage whereas before it's like i felt if i couldn't hit every shot as junker queen or hog or whatever i was having like no impact whereas i think defending your team is effective again and you know the, the role is certainly punishing for sure don't disagree with flat's frustration on that uh regard i think it's just on different ends of the skill curve on the uh ceiling we can, we're trying to hit here so i, I just want to get better myself i'm dedicating to the game making content again i hope i can uh you know make better content and maybe the uh help as well like the the mass player base because while flats is 100 right about his experience i feel sometimes 
then the whole player base will make it seem like they did all they could. And I'm telling you, if I think I make mistakes that lose the game constantly, you certainly have, and you're just not you're not playing that well, in my opinion. Like, Flats doesn't do unranked gyms. I, I don't know why. I, I, I mean, you may have said it, but I, maybe you just need to tip your toe in some of the, the more ruthless content game and stop hitting your head against the wall of uh, Honestly, trying to be without content. a DPS player. Uh, I That's love it, opinion. personally. And I think you would farm it as well. You could play Ryan, and, like, I want to see you play Ryan. I, I want to see if your experience, like, if your Matt. opinion on Ryan changes when you just, like, Unranked to GM in an hour on Ryan because I played against you, Ryan, and, and yeah, it bugs. I don't it, need to. Like, I don't need to dump on low ranked players to prove anything, though. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. I I've always been a big uh, believer that unranked to GM is just a stupid piece of content that people love because they want to see high ranked players pop the fuck off, and it's the same reason why pubs was a big thing in Apex for a very very long time before they really changed their skill based matchmaking to make it just like ranked because you just have your insane suit like ASUS just going through lobbies killing everybody. And it's the same thing in Overwatch, and it's held behind the mirage of educational, which, I, look, I respect the grind. Make your money, make your bread. Uh, but I just, I think it's trash. That's that's why yeah, I don't do I, it. I, I, I won't convince you of this. What I would watch <laughs> it for is how to, to be observe and learn. Like, I watched Boger do it on Ramatra. The things I learned from that was, was game-changing for me. Like, because the problem is, if we just watch you in your context, I don't know how you deal with some of the really odd bad play that my enemy's doing that I don't know how to respond to appropriately in the moment. And then I make a worse mistake and lose to it and look like an idiot. Uh, th it's more about things like that for me anyway. So I, I do consider it educational um, when I watch it. And I think a lot of people would appreciate it, but I don't think I'm going to convince you in this call. So um, anyway. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate Flats' POV. I think I mean, this is a divergent topic, but I, I, while, while I also see the value in unranked GMs, I think they're fundamentally unethical. That's why, like, I did like two in early Overwatch when I was starting off as a content creator, and then I was like, I feel kind of gross doing these, and I stopped doing them. I mean, if you want history, it used to be bronze to GM, and the only reason people stopped doing it is because Blizzard started to to, to tell people if you keep, people. we're gonna ban you. So the whole point behind it originally was bronze to GM to like really sell the entire thing. The only reason unranked to GM even exists is because it was a loophole that you people could use because you can't get people in trouble for having an account that was just placed unranked, and that's why there's also people that sometimes buy accounts that are played in quick play by worse players. So when you do your placements, you might actually end up getting silver or gold. But typically if a high ranked player plays all their quick play games and then goes in, you're gonna get at least high plat diamond. If not even like, I mean, I don't know about the new system, old system, you could even get like, I think up to like 3,500 equivalent. Um, but yeah, so the, the whole, I mean, the whole thing behind it was basically just, just to farm people's content. And it's unethical in my opinion, but. They did fix the scaling dramatically. In order to uh, anyway, anyways, uh, we'll yeah, we'll move that, on from the yeah, we'll move on from the interactive jam thing. Anyways, I think this that was a tangent. It is easily could have been another entire podcast, and especially considering the light of recent yep. drama that's been taking place on Overwatch social media. But uh, we shall stick Jesus. to the, to the concluding thoughts. So so flats, give me your concluding thoughts. What do you want to see for the rest of this season? Uh, I think tank needs some help. Uh, I think honestly the key might be the DPS passive, but again, I'm, I'm a little more to the conservative end with like, oh, nerf it. Like it might need just need like a small tweak. Um, but it's just the tank experience that needs to be improved. And this, we're probably close to like one of the best states of Overwatch we've seen in Overwatch, at least in Overwatch 2. Um, it's very fun. Uh, new rank system is great. Uh, there are definitely some downsides to it. Like for example, 
uh, I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm like positive like 20, 30 games or something on the season. I'm even, I'm down from where I started, which is very wild um, that to have such a, like a pretty good positive win rate, but still like down in rank. <clears throat> I know that there's a lot of confusion around like, you know, how much you rank up and rank down. And there's been server issues that also tilt people and whatnot. Um, but, but overall though, uh, this, this season has been a lot more fun and it's good having something to play for again, which is nice. And I think that's probably the key to getting a lot of people to actually play a lot of Overwatch again. Um, cause even though Overwatch has been doing okay and has been kind of on life support, I think we would all be fooling ourselves if we think that Overwatch was doing good, uh, compared to the rest of the games market, at least in the last eight months. Um, yeah, obviously after BlizzCon, things have been a little more exciting because we had things that were coming, but now here we are. We're here. This is the worst so back moment. From here on, what do we look forward to? What is the next goal? Where do we go up from here? Because this was the, right where we stand right this moment is our up moment, right? So would you say where we are today is like so happy, like, yeah, yeah everything's great. Like everyone loves the game again. Mm, I say there's still a lot of things that can be improved upon and there's a lot of things to build upon from that. Obviously, we haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, obviously, like, we're not going to hear anything yet. Like, it's just fucking happened. So, like, let's let's be a little bit real. But um, there's a long way to go. I kind of like the way that they're going, the direction they're going. I hope they keep leaning into it. Um, but at least in this, where it stands right now, Overwatch has been enjoyable to play. It's just the tank role that needs some, some help somewhere. I think if it gets some help, we're in a good spot. Yeah, and I think uh, I agree totally that like we're in a good good moves have been made by the devs, right? Good moves have been made, but more good moves continue to need to be made. And I think this the whole idea of like a yearly shakeup is great. I, I really, really think they should they should stick with that and and really like give the players like again the way Sam alluded to with Fortnite, give the players something really fresh and exciting and something to really dig their teeth into. Uh, this one was big but maybe not even as big as we thought we would like it would be like when they announced it everyone's like shit this is gonna like completely change everything and it hasn't quite like it's changed a lot but i still don't think it's like we'll probably be figuring it out by like another like by the end of the season we'll have kind of figured out how this plays out and unless the next hero completely shakes it up again which is unlikely we'll be back to potential quote-unquote staleness soon enough so the next one could be even bigger like could be even more drastic and that's where I, you know we go back to the ideas that we tossed about the devs will have the unenviable job of trying to figure out what the actual next frontier to experiment will be. Like, is it open queue? Is it 6v6? Is it 7v7? Or is it Flash's 4v4? Or Watch 3? No. That he, that he suggested a while back. Uh, half in jest, I'm sure. Um, so there's a lot to do. There's one simple request that I have to developers. Uh, because, you know, there's, there's like minor tweaks. Like, you know, the stacking thing that Sam mentioned. I think there's like a weird matchmaking with the stacking. I love the stacking, but it's a weird matchmaking. The only one thing I beg, beg the developers, do not buff Roadhog. Please, I'm begging you, whatever the fuck you do, do not buff Roadhog. Whenever that guy is good, this game is dog shit. I do not want to play games where blocking Roadhog. That might be the most easy way to get Ana to be viable. But do not buff no, Roadhog. No, I'm no, begging you. I'm begging you. You're probably looking at this guy. You're like, his win, his pick rate is kind of low right now. His win rate's maybe low. No, no, don't do it. It's the fucking interstellar moment where I'm watching from behind the glass and I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So please, I'm begging you. Don't fall for the bait. Do not buff Roadhog. Do not. 
I need that edit. <gasps> I need that edit. I know somebody out there can make that edit. Grab SVB like that. Listen, he got me with my enlightenment moment. This is your Matthew McConaughey moment. I need SVB on the walls of Interstellar. Somebody with a somebody with the editing wizard skills, please. And yeah. this is me looking at a Roadhog getting buffed. Like, please no. And if that happens, I'll be happy. We'll adapt to whatever else it is. As long as that hero's in the dumpster or what is thriving. So to that end, thank you so much to Samito, Frito, and Flats, the homies, the Avengers, for coming through. It's been four, it was four months since the four of us actually got together. Four guys. months? Four months. I had a look. Wow. The last time yeah. all four of us were in the same call. So I think it's just because, you know, so one it's easy for just one of us to be off somewhere doing something else. Yeah. But I'm glad to have this you guys together. A, this was Avengers Civil War episode. <laughs> I'll be Cap. I'll be Cap. Frito can be Tony Stark. That's I'll fair. That's right. That's fair. I like it. That was a great movie. I love that movie. I yeah, that was that a good movie. metaphor too. Because because in the, the day, Flats vision. Well, Flats is gonna get off. What's going on? Spoiler alert. Flats. Oh, is, the, nice spoiler, dude. Hulk okay. after today, after being angry about the the tank, state of tank. Yeah, that's Hulk, right. <laughs> There's right, many guys, candidates. Uh, There's many I candidates. appreciate it, y'all. Thank yeah, you. Thank you great so episode. much for your time, guys. That was guys. one of our best ones, for sure. That was yeah, that was a great one. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I really enjoyed the exchange of ideas. Uh, I love that you guys can can do that and keep it respectful and come back and, and keep it 100. So I appreciate you Wait, guys. You can, do, you can do that on the internet nowadays? You, it's crazy. You can disagree no. and not, not on Twitter. Not on Twitter.com. Wow. Definitely not. Uh, definitely not. You mean X. Jesus. No, I don't. No, I don't. I really, really <laughs> don't. <laughs> That's, that's where we end it, right now. Yeah, all right. That, all there's right. nothing better Peace than that. Peace out, guys. Peace out.